Roadshow episode number 264 or something because I've lost track of all time and weeks and days and that sort of thing. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me and here at the Costa Day Cold Coffee we've got a special guest with us. For the first time in a month we're seeing other human beings. <laughs> it is Oscar Willis of the Mac Life. What's going on brother? Man I, like you said I, I crawled out of the cave this morning you know the, the, su- the sunlight hurt for a little bit but it is good to see some familiar faces <laughs> let me tell you. I'm telling you man uh, and I want to say first off uh, social distancing is in effect we're keeping some space from each other uh, there were no uh, greetings no fist bumps no handshakes nothing like that. Uh, sanitizer was applied to in all crevices uh, as we entered the the door with pleasure <laughs> <laughs> and thoroughly. Yes, we made we made sure. So we're trying I've been to back do for seconds. Got to get that spot. Got to get that spot. <laughs> we're trying to do the right thing here and uh, and make sure we adhere to the guidelines. Uh, but you know, listen, life life is starting to move forward a little bit. Look, here in Las Vegas, it's kind of a um, a, a momentous date, I guess, more or less. We've been. Locked down for a month at this point, so it's 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 been a month for these stay-at-home orders. Started out as a stay-at-home suggestion, and I think like a day or two later, uh, Sisolak, our governor, came out and said he got a little got a little angry and said, "Okay, it's no longer a recommendation; it's a requirement." Yep. But uh, I don't know, boys, how 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 are you holding up? I mean, I've I've talked to Cole Coffee, let's, so let's let's talk to Oscar. How how are you holding up during all this, man? Well, I think I've gone through all the the stages of grief. You know, at first I was angry. I blamed you know China, then I blamed the government here. I blamed everyone, and then. I was sad, and then I sort of, I've, I've reached a point now where I think we're all at, where it's like acceptance, but then the occasional like, fucking get me out of here. So I'm not too bad. In all things considered, I'm okay. You were just angry because your local bar got shut down. Oh, mate. <laughs> so I'll stop. I, I drive past and cry. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's funny. I think when you get, uh, Vegas is a, is a weird spot. And for me, for the longest time when I first moved here, uh, it took a while to find my groove, find your routine, find your, your click, your spots. And when you do, you're very protective of them, and they become part of your life. So I get it. Like, going to, like, your local watering hole. Yeah. For us that – I don't have kids at the house, so it's like I go to work, I go home, I see the girlfriend, whatever. But if there's a a place that I can stop that's like a a, a friend gathering place, it's it's a huge part of your life. So when that's taken away or forced to, like – you feel like you're in trouble. You feel like your life literally is shut down. So – I get it. Like when you, you know, when you're stuck at home, and it's one thing to do with the, the these Zoom meetings, these Teams meetings, and all that other stuff. Yes, it helps. So we're not just staring at a screen and hearing voices. You could actually see a person's face. But the fact of life being shut down, uh, it's 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 it is. It's like you go through the grief stages because when you realize that you feel like you've lost a part of your personality, you know, and then you find that you have to adjust and you're find you you maybe hopefully find something that you used to be good at that you're like whoa i forgot that i was good at well xbox i think i think the thing is this like you know i I do believe that this is going to have you know everlasting implications right like it's not like once like one thing like we're just going to go back to the way life was i'm okay and of course we, we a lot of us you know we basically work from home anyway unless we're traveling but like the work changes and the workflows and all that I'm fine with that, man. I, I'm okay with that. I mean, like, even if, for instance, like, you know, we've all been doing fighter interviews over video and stuff, and, and mm-hmm. then, dude, if that's the way we do things moving forward, like, even if they say, like, hey, you know what? 
Media days never exist anymore. We just can't have that many people in a room together in Ultimate Media Day. But we'll make these, you know, banks of time available, and you'll get your video interviews and whatever. Like, honestly, I can live like that. I, I'm, I'm okay yep. with it. all the work changes and the, and the ways that we're figuring out how to do our jobs. Honestly, I have real no issue with it. But it is weird, like not being able to just go like say hello to people. Like I said, I go to the to, to Buffalo Wild Wings and sit down and talk to the other regulars and just just shoot the shit with friends and 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 I don't know, man. Feel that connection. And the other thing is just I don't know, man. To me, just like days and hours, like they just have lost meaning, man. And and yeah. and probably with no like events to look forward. To. Like I I just don't even know. I think that's the hardest part. Is I just it looks like now May 9th, and we'll get into that in a second. But until that was announced, like I just kind of lost meaning of days and hours yeah i think uh for people who aren't in this industry listening to this they don't realize that actually our structure is built around the events when you're at an event it's like i'm okay wednesday is this thursday is this friday is this when you're at home is actually when you sort of get a little bit like okay so what the fuck do i do today that's right yeah so it, it, it's usually hard to turn off the work mind yeah of course even when you're at home you're like all right this is what needs to happen tomorrow. Do I need to prep for that tonight? Or yeah, this is yeah. What's going on? You know, you either prepping for an interview or whatever. Your brain never shuts off. Now it's the part of trying to keep it engaged <laughs> because it's it's well, tough. Cause and, it, and we should say, by the way, it's added for you this week because this is your first week of furlough. So yeah. you're, you're not even having work to deal with this week. Yeah. Um, I dealt with mine last week. Now this is your first time sitting at home not being a part of the week. So that's probably, probably added to it for yeah, you. Yeah, it's, it's made it a little weird. It's funny, though. The first day I was like, oh, this week I'm going to – I'm going to clean this room and I'm going to clean the other <laughs> studio. The first two days, I played more Xbox than I played in like five years. D- D- you want to hear? I played all through the day Xbox. You it want- was pretty fucking awesome. You want to hear an act of self control? You're talking about my local bar. I have a friend who works there. And like, obviously, while it's closed, he's, he's in there doing repairs and stuff like that. And he said, you know. I've got the key. Like I do work at midnight. You can just come in here and bring your own booze and have a few drinks in the bar. And I was like, "Fuck!" But <laughs> I, have, so I, I, I can't. You know, it's it's too irresponsible of me. But eventually, I think possibly over the next week or so, I might succumb to that temptation. <laughs> I can't help. I tell you what, I did. Uh, so I was. I mentioned I was on furlough last week. I did this week uh, today, actually today and yesterday, because it came in two parts. Uh, I got my first unemployment check, and, uh, and not a check actually here in Nevada. They, uh, they give you a debit card, they mail you a debit yeah. card, and they load money on the debit card. And the first day, uh, I got uh, a couple hundred bucks, 400 bucks is what you get here. And then uh, and then they loaded the, the 600 extra the, for the stimulus, or not the stimulus, but the, you- the CARES Act the next day. But I just want to say, like, honestly, that has changed my attitude tremendously, man. Because like, losing 50% of my income this month, which is what we're having to do at, uh, all across Gannett, um, scared the shit out of me, man. I'm not yeah. going to lie. And, and sure. getting... So I, How's the I, arm? Uh, still not good yet, man. I still can't donate plasma yet. It's, it's, still <laughs> it's, it's not. It's taking a different it's shape. It looks like a. Uh, is that a wine bottle or something? Or a, a <laughs> I mean, listen. You know, my this is my my art. You know, that's what we do. Uh, but no, I uh, yeah. So for, for you, to, yeah. No, what the fuck happened to I, I donated plasma one time because like they pay you like eighty bucks a time. And uh, you can do it like you make six hundred bucks over the course of like eight visits or whatever. But the very first one I got. They, they, uh, the needle moved, uh, and it, so it pooled blood underneath my. And it's been like this for like twelve days now. For the listener, yeah. it's very, it's dark. But well, you can donate other stuff from your body if you uh, have to. <laughs> See, I feel, I feel, I feel, a little, I don't feel good about donating that. Like nobody needs that. Nobody needs that in their life. You know what I mean? But, uh, but no, I was just That's gonna my say, private like, time. I don't want to make that work. <laughs> no, 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 no. I have no problem offering donations. I would just feel some responsibility for like whatever those offspring became. You know. 
but no, I, I would say uh, getting a little bit of money from the government, and I haven't gotten my stimulus check yet, but getting that little bit of money from the government, um, not that, you know, oh, great, all our problems are solved, but I, I will say it changed my attitude a little bit because I was I had been pretty scared. I got a wife and kid to support, you yeah. know what I mean? So getting that little bit of money, uh, I don't know, made me feel I, feel, I feel a lot less stressed today than I have been feeling in the last couple of weeks. It gives you it gives you more breathing room. I mean, uh, the Orange Man is on television right now, and a lot of people. It's one of those things that, you know, uh, you can hate the administration. How are we you not watching this? I mean, the type of knowledge the that he delivers to us on saying. a daily basis. How irresponsible are and, we? And that's the thing, you know, uh, when when you're in need and when you're hurting, uh, you will certainly be happier and turn a blind eye to the way things are going when when you're able to eat and breathe a little bit and these stimulus packages have definitely helped people forget about politics and whatever and get back to a little normalcy yeah um but yeah it's uh it's crazy it's crazy thing because i mean even um yeah when you're hurting for money and when you're hurting for other things um all the the silly things in life um go away and life becomes very very hard and rough and stuff and so i'm glad that we all got a little bit of breathing room it was all i could think about like all day every day is like i'm like yeah. okay what can i move around what can yeah. i do yeah, what he, can I-, I mean you went and gave plasma literally like the day after you found out i was <laughs> like i was like he ain't wasted any <laughs> bro, damn listen, time beer money is sacred <laughs> right you gotta do what you gotta do <laughs> i got hit I, oh man i wish I, I i wish i could pull up his name i got hit up with uh <laughs> This this guy on Twitter. Let me see if I can find his name real quick. Because Get an he, OnlyFans account. I was so surprised. He was like, <laughs> we literally like the day of. I remember we, we had the meetings and our company told us that the furloughs were coming or whatever. And I remember it was so funny because like the next day, John's like, yeah, donated plasma. And I remember thinking, I was like, it's we just found out. How can, <laughs> oh, bro. He, how can he already be here? And I was like, he's planning ahead. I'm getting ahead. I'm like, yeah, Bobby Holmes. By the way, Bobby Holmes hits me up with a direct message on Twitter. And uh, he said, uh, by the way, he's like, just so you know, because, you know, they, they pay more money up front. And then, like, after your first month, they pay less. Uh, uh, so he was like, just be aware of that. And, and fortunately, I, I did know that. Like, I wasn't like, oh, this is – I can do this forever. Like, yeah. no, I was like, no, I'll, I'll make this money in this in this time that I'm losing, you know, uh, half my income or whatever. But uh, – so he said that, which was nice. But then this is where the real valuable advice came. He said, if you're using plasma money for beers, make sure you have some ready when you get home. They hit harder because you're depleted, <laughs> so you get like twice the value out of your beers. I'm like, bro, that is some expert <laughs> advice right there, man. It's like PBRs would be like imports. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's the guy's B and B'd before blood and beer. Yeah, I was like, dude, like you're the real hero, man. You're the real MVP. So, um, anyway, so I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like things, even though we're still, I mean, we're still very much in the middle of this stuff. I do. Yeah. I feel like a load is off my shoulders. You got your stimulus money already. Well, I just found out that you don't. You're not even eligible for the stimulus money, which yeah. is probably for the best. Yeah, you yeah. just would have spent it on like a TV or something. Uh, yeah, who needs? <laughs> I don't need extra spending money, guys. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be nice to have that padding in the in the in the bank account. It is. It is nice. I mean, it, it feels it feels good knowing that even though losing half of the pay this month, it was like okay, we'll be all right without it. It'll be a struggle, but we'll be okay. But to know that it's there won't be that struggle. Now it's just a matter of okay. Let's just get through it. Let's get into May. Let's get these events happening. Let's get this let's going. Get going. You know, and and you know, uh, I don't know what communities you guys are in, but here in Las Vegas, you know, it, it's been in the news lately. Our governor is on one side of the fence. You know, let the doctors decide when we're going to go. But right now, our mayor, Mayor uh, Goodman, it, she's like, we need to. This is stupid. We need to start opening up businesses. So already here, there's already a battle. And we're seeing this Political battle, battle yeah. happen all over the place. Of 
people on one side saying, okay, we need to get the economy started. We need to get going. Um, so I was thinking about your, your friend's business. That might even be the kind of thing. Well, yes, I think it'd be, it'd be really was, wrong to open up a casino. That's what I'm saying. There's a compromise, right? If you, business, it, if you open maybe? up the strip, no one's going to show up anyway for a long time. Right. So there's no, spe- no point in opening up the strip. It's a, it's a bad idea. But for, for me, I think local businesses it might start making sense to start looking at those now, you know? Right. Or even you could open up, let's say a local bar, for instance, because that's the, the thing that matters most. <laughs> you could say, open up a local bar and then maybe say, but you can only have 20 people in there at one time. Or that's right. Like, the, the, and, there's and ways to work around maybe it. want to like, play on a game, because I know uh, a lot of the gambling people, a lot of businesses, gambling is what kept them afloat. I say if I was a gambler and I wanted to go into place, and they said, okay, here's the rules. Normally, I know you guys want to float around machine, machine, machine. Here's the deal. You pick a machine, you play that machine, that machine gets wiped down. Before you go to any other machine, you have to make sure it's socially distanced from another person. Yeah. You have to wipe down that machine, and then you stay at these machines. And then, like you said, a yeah. limited amount of people. I could see where that Only would like work. every other machine is on, not yeah. every machine. And yeah, I mean, for example, there, there are still – like so I think airlines are still running some flights. And right. like, I got an email the other day from some fucking airline where they're like, oh, just to let you know. We're not selling middle seats anymore. So yeah, you guys are socially distant. Yeah, like, there's such high demand. But that makes sense, right? But, like, but, yes. hold the middle seat. But so if you can do that, you can make, I believe, and, uh, you know, this is part of a larger conversation about the UFC and if they can do events, I believe there, is, there are ways to do things safely. Right. It might be a bit shit and it might be a bit sort of diluted but there are ways you can do it yeah know? i mean look I, I hate to get too much into that because i've, I've been on oh man I've, i feel like i've had this conversation multiple times i mean i've done a, i've done a, man, i did a lot of media last week which is fun <laughs> man. i did submission radio a couple times i did ant walker's podcast which i like ant a lot man, yes, he's, man. A, he's a good dude on the on the on the on the come up man uh did a, a conversation with uh kevin ioli which was fun um, but that's been my position all, all along. Is that, dude? I, I think there's a way to do this, and it's just a matter of figuring out. So let's just let's just get into that UFC. What do you? All right, is it 249 or 250? What are we going with? It's May 9th, which was the original date of 250. I got here. Here's what I think. I've got to think that, and I, I've asked the UFC about this yet, and what what they're calling it. And they said, look, we're we're still trying to figure everything out. Like, give us a little bit. I've got to think that Dana, especially wants to call it 249 yeah, so he doesn't sure. have to say for he canceled sure. an event right like right. he's gonna want to call it 249 for me because once you skip it i mean when you, you can't work it back in no exactly you can never work it back yeah. in. where's where's 151 yeah where's 151 exactly 176 i mean for me uh for me it's i think it should be 250 though for for, for i'm not sure about the name for whatever reason in my head i just have it as ufc may 9 i don't know why i just kind of have it as the date it is true you know all right so let's talk about the may 9th date uh more aggressive, you know. It's funny. I did uh, speaking of all the media, I did I, I did a, a conversation with the, uh, the the junkie radio guys, and my guess originally was June sixth was what I thought. And there, my my thinking of June sixth was there doesn't seem to be a commission meeting this month here in Nevada in April. Uh, they, they don't have one on the calendar yet. But if they scheduled one in May, now granted they would be working behind the scenes already. They would know when they were going to that meeting what was going to happen. But at least May, let's say it's the first week of May then they could promote an event on June 6th. That may still be the case. June 6th may still be the case for the first event here in Nevada. We don't know that yet. Uh, but I, I don't know. Let me ask you guys what you think about it. I mean, are you comfortable with that date? And take a guess, where do you think it's going to be? Because I, I still think, you know, the apex is coming for sure. They, I, I, we're going to be doing events, and we've been saying it all along. We're going to be doing events at the apex all year this year, no question about it. But what about this May 9th? All right, first, are you comfortable with it? And second, where do you think it's going to be? I am comfortable with it. And let me tell you, like, uh, uh, before we started recording, John made a point where he was like, you know, there's been no backlash to this date. 
for the most part, everyone's basically been like, oh, I guess it's May 9th. And if we look at the science and stuff, the peak was supposedly these last two weeks, right? right. And I think that was a lot of people's objection to like, hold an event, but not during the bit where it's the worst bit. Right. So for me, if we're over the peak, and, and as long as everyone still remains sensible, I have no problem with May 9th. And I've also come to the, perhaps out of boredom, perhaps not, but the increasing uh, idea that there is a way to do an event safely. Uh, it might not look like any other event we've done, Correct. and it, it might be very sort of compromised in terms of what we can do as our job. Absolutely. But I do believe there is a way. It, it's become clear to me that the UFC are uh, prepared to spend like extra money to get this to happen, and it's in their interest to do so. That's not just out of charity; like they they'll make money back. Trust me. But uh, yeah, I, I'm comfortable with May 9th. And where is it going to happen? I think once again, you know, the shining example of what you can be if you're a true American, state of Florida, state of Florida. <laughs> is coming to the forefront. Uh, obviously, get her done. <laughs> I think everyone uh, probably who's listened to this has heard that the WWE, uh, they've sort of, it's been signed that they're an essential business. Although I have to say they're an essential business who just let go a lot of staff, which is kind of crazy. That is crazy, so man. Yeah. You, like you, simultaneously, they get approved to continue operations and lay yeah. people off. And you're so imagine being told you're essential staff, but you're not essential they to were this company, right? No, no, no. Sacks. They got so they, they got, actually, they got let go. I thought it was furloughed. A bunch got furloughed, but a lot got let go full time, like for good. Which is kind of crazy. Uh, even Kurt Angle's UFC. Well, uh, yeah. UFC fucking I mean, it's like, tough. I'm, we see the same thing. I mean, they have a bigger staff than what uh, the it, UFC I, even has. They employ, dude. They employ near a thousand people. It's like yeah. nine hundred and some people. Which I was, I would to be honest. I, again, I don't follow wrestling. I don't get. Somebody hit me up on Twitter because when I saw that, I actually tweeted like, I am shocked That's to huge, know that it's that big. Number. And they did say what I didn't realize is I guess they do all their production in house. So instead of having like a concom, yeah. a third party, like it's all under. And I guess they also. Um, they do so many frequent dates that you can't just have a crew. You have to have like multiple crews that are traveling and setting yeah. up. So it's not like the speaking of ConCom, well done on that story. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. I actually, had a uh, UFC staffer reach out to me. I'm like, oh, so who's your source for the the ConCom? <laughs> I, like, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I really don't know. But I just thought it was funny that a UFC dude, they came they came hunting that. with the knives out already. <laughs> Jeez. For, for anybody that doesn't know, yeah, I did a I did a piece on MMA Junkie. If you want to read about it, and it was it was interesting because I was talking to some some uh, freelance workers, basically, which they do have full time production people, but the freelance people were like, listen, you know, we got paid for two and a half days for London, even though we didn't go. We were supposed to be paid for six. And that's it. And we haven't heard what we're going to get paid, when we're going to get paid, how we're going to get paid. And the other thing that they said, and this, one of the reasons, and I'd been talking to them for a couple of weeks, but I wanted to give the UFC time to respond. I tried to reach out to ConCom. And one of the things, too, was this was so fluid. Like, I think it would be irresponsible to just go after the UFC right away or go after ConCom right away and be like, when are these people getting paid? Like, dude, we're, hey, we're all trying to figure out what the world's happening right now. Yeah. But, but, you know, I think we've gotten to that point now where it needs to be figured out. But one of their biggest things, because, you know, the UFC has said, look, we're going to do all of our events. And so I talked to this person at, at, at uh, you know, one of the freelancers, and I was like, dude, they said they're going to do all the events. They're like, yes, but consider this. Now it looks like they're, comp- they're going to be doing multiple events per week, which means we just lost money. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're, 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 you know, our money, we're not going to get to uh, work that full week or we're going to get doubled up or whatever. So it's a boo-hoo. Well, <laughs> I know. We are. These guys, well, I mean, I've, I've done freelance stuff, and I understand the position that they're in because they're they're – Lucky enough that they're in a lucky position where they can sort of plan on this money, and they've been 
spoiled as freelancers, as independent oh, contractors. You, you came, uh, hold on, you came out congratulate. You were like, hey, no, well no, done no. on the article, man. No, I mean, Thanks I, for speaking up for the small person. It is good, but and no. And then you're but, like, hey. Corporate, let me corporate finish, Kenny over here. No, but let me finish. As a freelancer, I've been in towns where it was one production company that did it. And when you got in and you got every call to work all the events, and it was great. Good for you. Um, but then the fact that they were like, oh, we turned down other gigs. There are no other fucking gigs. These other gigs that they're trying to say that <laughs> they turned that down. Well. I've heard for it's, it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, these guys have been so lucky to get this, uh, a lot of these gigs, that it's very, very cushy. So good for them. But I understand their frustration because – John, I hope your sources you know, don't listen to this I fucking know, show. No, I mean, they, and they're on, they'll be honest enough to say it as well. I mean, it, they've been lucky and uh, they sh- – to have this like set thing over and over without actually having to be like a freelance in a sense they're not freelancers because work's been laid out okay, for, for the full year we're not quarantining this podcast by the way this is <laughs> this, <laughs> this is shit the same thing you say in the fight this is the same fucking shit i would say in front of their face like like they've been lucky enough to have a gig that's paid for them over and over. Forget uh, so even though they're freelancers. Why is it every time I'm here stuff, you go off the rails? Last time it was is, about eight Brazilians out off the rail. <laughs> like this is nothing. It's not like I'm bashing other racial groups. That's later on in the episode. Uh, Stay tuned. <laughs> I'm just saying, like I get it. I, I get it. I get what why what they're they're trying to say, but also these are guys that have, have gigs all throughout the year because they're been assigned like UFC gigs for ConCom, um, and so for the fact that 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 the the the, the well, money pit the money well has ran dry for a little bit, now it's back to being a real freelancer and having to find work. Well, we're in the middle of a furlough you know? ourselves, right? So I mean, Yeah, it's, so it's, I, I get it. But, I mean, for them to try to say, oh, I turned down other gigs, you wouldn't have turned down another gig if you knew a UFC. And more than likely, most of them don't have any other time to work any other other gigs because they've only uh, do the UFC thing. So I, I, I sense a little bit of maybe quasi-BS in this turn down other stuff. But I get it. But you're a freelancer. The, the the production company, the UFC, which is hires ConCom, is not going to give ConCom money to pay their freelancers for possible thing. That's ConCom. Go at ConCom. Don't expect like if I work for. Um, so you like a, John's story, yeah? What? <laughs> I mean, it, it was glad that I'm, it came out. Whatever. That's good. You're you're bringing the light to it. But I also, you know, understand. Well, we, I did try to make there's sure. There's a that- lot of other freelancers out there that aren't getting work that don't have guaranteed work. 50 weeks 52 weeks out of the year like most of these guys do they're actually out there hustling and maybe are lucky to get you know one gig you know a couple good gigs in a month these these guys are getting lots of really good gigs it's just it was a matter of time i did try to make make it seem too that it wasn't uh, all going at the UFC. I mean, the UFC but it hires seemed like, it seemed, Yeah, but it seemed like they wanted UFC to pay. It wasn't like they were like, ConCom, pay us. They're like, UFC, we've been loyal to you. We give you our best. I, I definitely think if, if, you know? if you have a job, like you were saying, and you get such a regular gig, like 50 weeks a year the UFC basically right. runs, that becomes your standard. And then when something happens that makes your standard no longer happen, you feel like you've lost something when actually you probably weren't entitled to that level of standard That's in the, the first place, it's right? Been, it's been so routine for them that they just expect it yeah. to be there. And it's it, it's the kind of thing that it could – at any point, at any time, they could have cut I mean, ConCom off. But I guess that's when and it goes to – And it's not like the, they yeah. had to pay ConCom to do this. I guess that goes to the point, too, and there's a much larger discussion than MMA, but of just the point uh, – or, or the current structure – 
of employment around the world, right? I mean, think about like yeah. like same thing. Like we have guys on our staff that are technically freelancers, right? Right. But we pay them every week, every month, and it's not like there's a discussion about you know. It's like it's like you're treating them pretty much like employees, right? But they're not employees. Well, you know shit, what I mean? Look that's probably that's UFCs are independent contractors. That's what I'm saying. That's so right. on, you know, it's, it's all. Such a, it. It's such an interesting discussion. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, in a seamless transition back to <laughs> USC 250 and USC 249, um, I don't know. So, what do you, what do you guys? Because I think I'm, I think I'm with you guys. I mean, uh, I'm guessing for and, and, and let me be clear. Just like before, no one is talking about this. This is airtight. No way I'm talking well, about shit, it. Can yeah. you can you, can you blame them now? The lo- the it, no. it, the location came out in a day before, and then a day after but Disney he, came in or fucking. California came in and shut it down. But here's yeah. here's the one thing that I that I have been saying as well in some of the interviews and stuff that I've been doing with other outlets this week is the one and I understand why Dana and the USC were so secretive about it, but I think that was the one thing they did that backfired on them. I think that made more people like want to come at them. Whereas I feel like and, and I hope that they learn from that. I hope that they recognize that that if they were almost like overly transparent, you I know guess. what I mean? Like here's where we're going. Here's why we feel safe going there. Here's the steps that we're taking. Yeah. But I think if they did that, it would answer the question. So, you know, I, I think that's one mistake. And I understand why Dana did it, man. I understand. I, I haven't spoken to him about this directly. But my guess, he's like, listen, shut up. Everybody go away. I'm going to get one of these in the books. I'm going to show you that I know how to do it. I'm going to show you that everybody's safe. And once I do it, you can all step back and go, Ah, I guess they know what they're doing. And I understand that. I understand mm-hmm. he probably thought maybe I can shield myself from some of the scrutiny. I'll prove to you guys I can do it. Because we've talked to people behind the scenes. but sure we all have. They're trying to do it safely. They're taking all the steps to do it safely. Um, but I think, honestly, I do think that was a strategic mistake. And I think it ended up backfiring. And I hope that it, between now and May 9th, while, as you said, Oscar, I do feel like there's a lot less pushback right now on yeah. May 9th than there was on April 18th. But I do feel like whatever pushback they get – Instead of the circle the wagons and just stay away, I hope they're like, no, hey, what questions you got? We're going to tell you. Well, for example, uh, when Brett Okamoto of ESPN asked, like, are you going to test the fighters before they come in? Dane would give the answer of like, listen, we care about health and safety more than anyone. Don't worry about that. It's like, well, if you just said, yes, we are. That's that, yep, I- that's that's that issue gone. And don't yep. worry about it, you know? And then test everybody that goes. Every media member should be tested. Sure. Every staffer. Everybody Although, should be willing. Oh, that but test. People are- I know. Yeah. Well, I know. Well, I, talk, I have to say, well, I get the new my, test. My, my, if you my, get the new test, is there a new test? The, the, supposedly, the 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 quicker test don't have to do the oh, nasal my, swab I talked all to my the mom. way to that. I talked to my mom. I, I was driving so. over here. My mom got it. You know, she's in her. She, se- your mom got your test. <laughs> she got the test. She's in the. She's in her seventies, and she's actually she's actually been having like a dry cough that's been lasting for like a month. I'm like, you know, can you go find a way to get tested? So yeah. because she's in her seventies, because Stay she's home, had a cough, stop going outside. She, no, she is. She's doing things, but she so she she went and got tested, and she got her results back, and she's negative. So that's great. Um. But yeah, so I was like, "Hey, I was like, I've seen that video. Did you, did you get that thing like shoved up your nose?" And she was like, "Yeah, it's like a she what did she call it? it's like a Super like a strong Q-tip. tickle." I'm like, "A strong tickle." That isn't how everybody else has been oh describing it. Oh my god! Well, listen, last I time wasn't I wasn't quite sure. I like thought a, the new a test facial was facial catheter or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> terrible. I, I was about to say, last time I went to a doctor and got something shoved up a small hole, it hurt a lot more than that. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> the chlamydia test or something? <laughs> a man recognizes his own kind. Uh, <laughs> man, it, man, how bad we need human interaction. I know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, as for uh, even Florida, even if it is Florida, I mean, it's funny. I, I have family down in Florida, but I have no desire to go anywhere else besides the apex at this point. If it's anywhere but the apex right now, so you're sending me. Solo? I don't want to go. I'm going solo. If it's if really, it's, if it's you wouldn't go. 
It even, depends. Even, I don't, even I California? No I have no desire. California's different. I have no desire to board a plane for five hours to go anywhere. See, I'm a, I, I feel like... No one's boarding planes. Right. So actually, planes aren't yeah. that bad. I think, like, ev- like, I think they're like 10% full right yeah, now. Yeah. Ev- everyone's saying, like, you're going on a plane. I'm like, yeah, if I was going on a plane to, like, fucking, I don't know, somewhere in Eastern Asia, and the plane's got 600 people on it, I'd probably feel a little bit awkward. Yeah. But at the Especially mo- a middle seat to, like, the Philippines. Yeah, oh, but it's just, it's just like, at the moment, I, I, cause I even, bef- e- even before this got really, really bad, the planes were pretty empty. Yeah. And I just don't... I think, like, from now, like, a a flight from Vegas to, I don't know, Orlando. Yeah. I can't imagine there's going to be more than 20 people on it. I was going to say, you're going to have a row to yourself. I mean, I I agree with you. Like, if, if they said, listen... You know, uh, do you want to go to Orlando? And oh, by the way, they still might not even allow massive amounts. They might only say one person an outlet. Absolutely. Well, that's, well, that's true. Too. That's a good point. That's a fair point too. They you will. Know? They will definitely limit the number of media. It's not going to be open. It's not going to be like full whatever. Uh, I don't imagine. At least not for the first one. I think they're still probably going kid gloves and probably be like, all right, we're trying to do this as safely and as less effect as possible. So I'd be. I still don't think they'll open it up to full media like they normally do. Even if they do. Um, and I, I, I think that same thing is going to carry over to when it is at the apex as well. I mean, they're going to try to limit as much until I think until there's overall government support and the sort of, OK, we're on the other side of this. I don't see them going back to full swing. Yeah, I think it's going to be limited engagements uh, up until that point. I think until more states um, are open than they are closed. Right. It's- I mean, until you have. You know, when you stop seeing governors fighting with mayors on TV right. and governors calling and and talking to organizations of corporations, I doubt we're going to see business as normal. But they'll probably get it to the point because I think right now when you're seeing the active backlash against the governor saying we need to get back open, I think most of the governors are going to probably want to start saying, okay, how can we do this safely? We need to start moving that way. Whereas I think when Dane and them tried to do that first event. We're still thick in the middle where most people are like shell shocked. Everything's saying stay indoors, stay indoors. The numbers are going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, if it feels like we're starting to get to where we're nearing the plateau, hopefully, maybe they'll be more open to that to where they'll say, okay, maybe with some limited sort of engagement. Um, but I just, I, I, I could see where May 9th will happen. Uh, It'd be great if it happens in the Apex. I'd be more than happy to do something like that. But as for still just hopping on a plane, whatever. But I'm also coming from a point where I just had major surgery yeah. recently. So I'm not really trying to throw Fair myself point. back into the mix of stuff. Yeah. If I had to, of course, I'll, I'll go wherever with, you know, I over sanitize anything right now. But um, I would, if it was at the Apex, no brainer. Let's do this. Um, anywhere else, I'm like, eh. I, th- I, th- I, th- I, th- I think if it was within six hours I would drive instead of fly of course I would probably drive it if it's to California it. you should do it yeah. I would like, drive ta- it like Tachi was like five and a half hours yeah, yeah. I, I, I was planning on driving that yeah. really mostly because I couldn't get a rental car but I, like I would drive to there but if it was somewhere in Florida I probably would just a rental car place is close no it was, I, just, I, I lost my driver's license <laughs> when <laughs> well, I was that's, a, that's another story you get replacements <laughs> yeah, so you just yeah but it? I got the replacement into the UK ah. so it's like it's over there ah. so I was like fuck I can't get it over here in time oh, that's funny all right, well, so you just misplaced it. Yeah, I lose it every fucking two oh, weeks. I, I, I thought, yeah, <laughs> no, I, thought no, I, I was playing a joke. Like I thought he like totally lost. No, it. no, like, no, he wasn't no. allowed to have I one. Know, I was like, I was like, no, no, no. I lose my wallet. Course, I lose my wallet every two weeks. Do you need, a, do you need <laughs> a character reference? Oh, that's too funny. All right, listen, uh, we're gonna have plenty of time to talk about that card. We, don't, I mean, we we know what the card looks like or what theoretically it's gonna look like. By the way, 
it was pretty funny because when Dana announced the card to ESPN to Brett Okamoto, um, basically immediately we started calling managers and calling fighters, and uh, they had no nobody had really agreed to anything yet at that <laughs> yeah. point. Like, <laughs> so they basically announced the full card without anybody agreeing to it. But I mean, everybody was in pretty quickly. Like they, you know, they were like, "Let's just get this out there, and then we'll we'll, we'll do it all behind the scenes." But uh, it was kind of funny how the timing worked tonight. But all right, so Kokavi's been on furlough all this week, so I've been producing uh, videos and doing. Uh, helping out with uh, that sort of stuff behind the scenes all week. So I haven't done a lot of interviews, but uh, I, I thought this would be a unique opportunity to bring people little little snippets of the rest of our staff. Not, not full interviews, but you know oh. what? We got a good team. Let's show off the team to everybody. Let's show spreading, what's going spreading on behind the, the good scenes. Work. That's what's up. So Spreading the good work and letting us do less work. <laughs> Saying that that was the motivation, <laughs> but maybe, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe. All right, listen. Uh, all right, so we'll start out. Uh, this is Yoani and Jacek. This was from earlier today, actually. Danny Segura uh, out there in New York. Which, by the way, shout out to Danny, man. He's in New York, so he's dealing with the, uh, the, the, the ground middle zero. Of it, man. Ground zero, man. Yeah, and uh, he's actually uh, he's actually picking up a, a dog this week because he's he has a roommate, but I guess he said his roommate stays with his girlfriend a lot, so he's he's basically in. I thought you meant his oh. roommate stays with Danny's girlfriend no. a lot. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> no, his roommate. So terrible girlfriend. So basically, Danny said he ends up in his Brooklyn apartment quite often alone. So uh, he's he's uh, he's looking for some companionship. So he's adopting a dog, by the way. He's rescuing oh. a dog. So he's. I th- I've seen places that have worked that out where they even do the sort of by appointment so they can limit the amount of people that's that what go that's look what at he's the doing. dogs. So he's uh, he's he's like, we were talking today. He's got an appointment on Saturday to go pick up this dog. So they say, uh, watch that though. You can actually transfer it to your dog, and your your pets Jesus, can become you, carriers. Can you be positive? I'm, no, I'm, I'm just spreading like, knowledge. That is so awesome. Like, just like your story was amazing. <laughs> that's so great. That he's getting a dog. Danny, that's so awesome. He but don't also- let the dog give you Corona. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen. I'm gonna play you a brief little clip it of the interview today. Animals are dangerous. <laughs> don't trust your loved ones. <laughs> All right. This is Danny Segura and Yoani and Jacek. Here's a portion of their conversation from earlier today. How are you feeling? And 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 first of all, uh, were you surprised you've been you've been healing this quick? Because I mean, just week, a couple of days after you, you still looked that was bruising, but you still looked uh, so much better than than fight night. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Every day was better, but actually, the third day, third and the fifth day were were the worst. But uh, there's black spots under my eyes and uh, I used to I used to get uh, black spots when I was tired and I was overtrained but these uh, spots uh, these black spots I have every day and I think I will have to go through some uh, small uh, aesthetical med- med- medical aesthetical medical procedure uh, mm. because I heard I spoke to some doctor and, and sometimes you can get uh, dark spots after uh, after big bruises and my, my, my face was bruised my forehead but you know all the people were like show us your forehead show us your forehead <laughs> guys the next day my forehead was good everything went down so I couldn't see for like two days on my right eye wow. and I could see only 5% on my left eye for two days so my, my people need to take care of me but you know uh, the bruise went down and it was on my chest and you know even like three days ago i i still could like feel like some pain you know the because the bruise went down and my 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 face my my neck and uh, and my my chest was black you know but all good man that's the price you know i went through the war 
I gave my best to the people and I paid the price, but it's part of my job. That was Joanna and Jacek. We did that, uh, as everybody's doing, you know, on these video conversations. The extended conversation of that is on uh, YouTube. So if you want to see it, I think it's about 20 minutes or so. You can see the full conversation. By the way, amazing. Um, and, and, and obviously, you guys haven't had a chance to see it yet. Um, but, you know, she still has some blackness under her eyes. You know I mean? Still. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So the, the, to, to hear how long it's taking her to heal and to hear how, uh, you know, how that recovery process is going, man, it's just – Wow. Um, just crazy. I will say a little behind the scenes nugget. This is great. So this this software that we use, we're not using Zoom. We're using this other third party software, and it's it's really easy for people to utilize. But when you log into it, uh, you don't have to log in anything. But it does ask you to put a screen name. Uh, the screen name doesn't show up anywhere, so nobody would ever see it. Uh, but people don't know that when they sign in. Uh, but she signed up for her screen name. She put Queen. <laughs> and so she joined she joined into the studio i was like i started cracking up right away i was like of course you put queen uh but listen man she says she she uh she wants the rematch she wants the the, the wiley Zhang rematch and what a fight and uh yeah what a fight she, Unreal, and, huh? and, and, and she ended up revealing that she she's already texted dana and says i want to fight like even though she's still healing up she's already texted dana and uh i talked to her after actually the interview was over i was like so what did dana say when you hit him up you know i was like totally off record which now i'm totally telling everybody but <laughs> he was he's just like you're a fucking gangster you know, i'm like you are a fucking gangster she is a gangster you know how it's like some fights happen and um at the time it feels really close and then the further away you get from them it's like the public memory of that fight sort of becomes a bit murky so it's like gsp versus hendrix was actually like a bit close but in the public side like, oh that was a robbery and stuff i haven't spoken to one person who is yet to say like that fight was the closest shit i've ever seen Dude, like, every, that fight is the closest fight i think F- I've ever phenomenal seen. phenomenal fight man and she wants to do it again like I-, I love it and she she wants to get paid for it and you know what man she put her body on the line she did you agree the fight went it. the right way the decision Mate, flip a coin. <laughs> flip yeah. a coin. I, I, I didn't think it was a coin. I mean, I knew it was close. I, I but actually, I felt, I felt, I felt that Zhang did enough. See, I thought Joanna. <clears> if <throat> when I was watching it, I thought I, I was like, I think Joanna probably did enough. But I think it was such a the, the problem with a fight like that to score. And I know this isn't the way you're meant to score a fight, but it's it it's such it had such big swings in momentum. So yeah. for one minute you thought like, oh. Joanna's actually pulling away, and then in the last minute around, Zhang, Zhang would come on her, and yeah. it, you just didn't. Yeah, it was a really like it was a wonderful fight. fight. Do you think it means wonderful like, fight? It just, it, I mean, it, it goes down. I wonder if it was six, so much more exciting than the last. I'll tell you, <laughs> yeah, no, but just it, it is crazy about how much I mean, how much our world has changed in that time since Isn't that it fight, just? man. Well, yeah. also, I, 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 I do wonder though. Not this matters what we're talking about today. I wonder if Joanna's face didn't swell that bad, if it would have been a different way to score it you know not like in terms of what mm. oh i agree like I, you got to think the damage i mean even if it's subconscious to the judges man it has to weigh and, and she did by the way in the extended conversation uh she did say by the way that look a it hurt really bad and b it was distracting you know what i mean like yeah. i could feel it and because it, yeah. it was like it was breaking her concentration sure. not, not that she was trying to make excuses or anything yeah, yeah. but just saying like look it definitely impacted like my my mindset yeah, it would oh, had to have unless she literally was a cyborg that would have any oh. any person would have been just completely. Who, how could you not focus on that? I mean, also, not a bad she probably saw either. it out. Yeah, and, and she said that was freaking her out. That like you know, because if it cuts and then blood's, she's like, yeah. that's it. She's like, if that cuts, like blood's going everywhere. You know. Yeah. She's like, to to oh, be God. honest, I actually, uh, I mean, everyone knows that those two women are just warriors, and everyone knew Joanna was a warrior anyway. But I have to say, when you saw her fo- like 
she, you know, you look at yourself on the big screen in the in the corner in the end of the fourth round, and you see yourself swelling up. How do you go out there and then take punches to the same oh. spot that you're so conscious yeah. of growing without thinking like, oh my, am I going to die? <laughs> you know, like nuts, man. Fuck. So, listen, Danny. Uh, actually, today he actually had about a 40 minute conversation with Vitor Belfort as well, so that'll be up. Uh, he talked to Jerzinho earlier this week. He's got Ricardo Lamas on Friday. <laughs> yeah. How many times did uh, he advocate with wow. TRT in <laughs> 40 minutes? He can talk about a lot of things in 40 minutes. Look, Vitor likes to talk. He, he gets going, man. But I, I, I'm not going to lie. Every, and, I, and I told Vitor, every time I talk to Vitor, I get inspired, man. That dude, he's, he's, like, he, he's a yeah. motivator, man. He's, he's, he's he gets day. you going. Intimidating maybe, enough. Maybe we try to motivate media to attack you in Brazil. Ah, that's like, water under the bridge. Water <laughs> I under still the remember. Do you remember the first time I ever did? I, I said to T- Vitor, I was like, now you're going to, one, are you going to take TRT again or something like that? And then he was like, how old are you? You should take TRT. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Next to John. Like, Do you have some extra? Let's try it. <laughs> Hopefully I'll be talking to Vitor soon as well, man. He's he's, uh, he's a good dude. I enjoy Yeah, that. he's a good dude. Big conversation. All right, listen, I want to set up another one here. Uh, Nolan King, he's uh, he's on my furlough team. He gets, so we, we, Team we B. Said, the varsity team. You guys, you, you guys JV are clearly squad. JV squad. He's the JV squad. <laughs> no, no one's on my crew, so he was on furlough with me last week. We basically what we did for anybody that doesn't know, we split the team basically in half, and then we like we're alternating. Weeks the good half weeks. and the bad. Half. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you guys determine determine where those fall. Uh, but no one's been hustled this week, and uh, he had a chance to speak to uh, Corey Sanhagen, who Corey Sanhagen is in an interesting position because, and I, and I do want to talk about this, is very impacted by. USC 249 slash USC 250, um, that that bantamweight division. Triple C is making his return, uh, and and here's here's a couple of minutes of this again. Didn't didn't not the full interview. I want to save that for uh, for these guys for the website for YouTube. Uh, and plus, I don't want to steal all their work. I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> you I'm mean you don't, you don't want to showcase? You don't want to showcase? Sorry, sorry. I don't yeah. want to showcase sampling. <laughs> yeah. Sampling. Well, I pro- I help produce it. If I help produce it, that means I have some rights to it, right? Yeah, of course. Can you? Of course. Guys, if you could please not sue us, that would be great. Like I'm already <laughs> making half my income this week. I'm collecting unemployment. If you could not sue me, guys, I would certainly. I'm on further. I'm not even here. I'm not even here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Here is uh, Nolan King talking to Corey Sanhagen. Uh, Dana White announced officially that, uh, somewhat officially, that Dominic Cruz is is in the works to get his, the next title shot against Henry Cejudo. So I guess just give me your immediate reaction there. I think a lot of people had you as somebody they thought would be penciled in for that title shot if Aldo wasn't ready or, or Aljamain Sterling uh, in terms of the fighters in the U.S. that could take that fight. So I guess just, just kind of give me your reaction there on the, the Cruz fight. Yeah, uh, I see things pretty logistically. Um from the standpoint of I like MMA and I got into MMA for the purpose of fighting the best guys and, uh, and was under the assumption that that's what the organization was doing too. Um, I don't think these guys are bad fighters by any means. Obviously, I don't think Cruz is a bad fighter, Sudo is a bad fighter, any of these guys are bad fighters. What I will say though is I think that on paper I have the best argument for the next title shot. I, uh, I know that I'm not as popular as a lot of the guys. My name doesn't get thrown around as much, but if we're talking just numbers, um, I mean, I beat a Sun Sal last who is ranked number three, and the only three other people ahead of me are Marais, who uh, doesn't, I don't think is going to get a shot after the, the, the last time that he fought Sudo. Number two would be Aljamain. My last win was against someone that Aljamain lost to. Um, and then Petter Jan, who beat Faber and then jumped up to number three ahead of me. So, on paper, I think I have the best argument. Cruz also hasn't fought in a couple of years. I filled in for him, I think it was a year and a half ago, 
for that fight to fight John Lineker. That's how I actually got that fight is because I was filling in for him. I've been putting in work since then. And, uh, I mean, it's a little frustrating, but I understand that money's a part of it too. I just don't really know how to get myself to be famous enough to, uh, to, uh, be in that position, but I guess that just comes with fights and who you're fighting. So I'm not stressing it too much. Yeah, I'm sure longevity has a lot to do with it. You know, you've only had five fights in the UFC, but you know, do, do you feel like that you, that, that with the way that the division is, where the guys like Dominic Cruz or, or Jose Aldo are getting title fights, do you feel like that you might have to try to ca start calling people out? Or, or I know your Twitter, you're not too active on Twitter, so do you, do you feel like you need to, to up the game there, or just kind of stay true to yourself and good things will come? Uh, it's something that I've been struggling with. Uh, I, I really don't like Twitter. <laughs> I don't like the idea of having any more social media stuff than I already have to do. Um, I mean, I, I, I did call kind of everyone that was above me out on, on my Instagram, but I, I definitely don't fit into that bill of being the guy that's going to stir the pot too much to get attention like uh, some of the people in this game. But to be honest with you, man, I found that a lot more good comes from me being in a peaceful state of mind instead of me having to stress out about what's going on in, on the Internet, which I know isn't necessarily the world that we live in. But as far as my peace goes in my everyday life, that, that's what I do to be most happiest. So um, that's what I do. I just stay in my lane. I keep getting better and I just have faith that at some point um, I will get the call to be a world champion and I'll be ready for it whenever they, whenever that comes. And I even have a little bit more faith because when that call does come, it will be 100% completely earned by my skill and what I've done and how much work I put in, in the gym. And uh, that just gives me more confidence. So all good, man. It's, it's, it's for my peace. You know, that's why, that's why I don't start talking trash and stirring the pot. It's, uh, it's easier for me to live in peace than it is for me to live in that state of mind. So and you talk about being ready for the call. Uh, Dominic Cruz, obviously a guy that has had his fair share of injuries, well-documented. Do you feel like that, it, you know, if something, God forbid, were to happen to him in this, for this upcoming fight, you know, if May 9th, if the UFC calls, hey, we have uh, Henry Cejudo, do you want him? Would that be within a time frame that you could take, or is that too soon? Uh, no, I mean, when a world championship fight comes up, you say yes. You know, it doesn't matter, quarantine, right off the couch, whatever it is, you say yes to that fight. So I'll say yes to that fight. Um, Depending on what, I mean, I'm bringing my weight down and I'm staying in uh, moderate shape, but I'm not putting all of my eggs into the basket of, uh, of that happening. But um, if that call comes, I'm not going to say no to that. So. All right, so Corey Sanhagen, man, I, I like his attitude. I really do. I mean, he's a great fighter, young fighter, but I like his attitude, you know, saying, look, I'm not going to uh, fake any kind of trash talking, that sort of thing, to just to get people to, to know me or like me, that sort of thing. By the way, of course, this uh, this whole conversation is on YouTube as well. Uh, and, and just want to throw it out there, too. Nolan uh, also already spoke to Dominic Reyes this week. Uh, he's got Charles Rosa coming up. So uh, a lot of good interviews coming there. But I want to ask you guys, so – I, you know, you, you touched on Oscar that you're like, hey, man, I like this matchup, man. I like this Dominic Cruz matchup. And I do like the Dominic Cruz matchup. I will say this. I like the Cruz matchup more than the Alda matchup, even if that sounds weird. Uh, and, and, and maybe it doesn't sound weird. I, I don't know. But, I mean, Cruz is just – I consider him one of the all-time great Bantamweights, you know, if not the greatest Bantamweight of all time. Whereas Aldo, definitely one of the greatest lighter weight fighters of all time, definitely up there in discussion with the, you know, with the greatest featherweight of all time. Um 
But it's weird that just because you go to another division and then you lose a fight, you get a title shot. And I understand the special circumstances around it, but I've been advocating all along. Once, it, once we realized this thing wasn't happening in Brazil, I think Aldo was selected in big part because he's going to Brazil. So yeah. I want to ask you about that, like why you like the Cruz matchup better. But I also want to ask kind of the same thing that we asked Corey there is, how do you justify it then? Because, I mean, you do have a pretty damn interesting bantamweight division right now, right? You got Peter Yan there. You got Sanhagen, who it may be a little early for Sanhagen, but it looks like he's going to be there. Aljamain, you know, Aljamain definitely deserves it, although, you know, he's come out and said, I'm not fighting yeah, during this. this, is, this so, is so so, why why do you like this matchup? Okay, so I, I never hated the Aldo matchup as much as um, some other people did, even though I actually thought he lost the fight. And I thought, like, for example, that fight to me wasn't as close as, say, Reyes-Jones was. You know, I I feel like Aldo didn't get robbed in the way that perhaps Reyes got robbed that fight, if we're going to call anything a robbery or whatever. So let's look at the bantamweight. I agree. The bantamweight division is very stacked in a way that people don't really pay attention. But if you look at it, Marlon Moraes, Cejudo just beat him for the title. So he's out. He's out. Aljamain says he doesn't want to fight during this pandemic, so he's out. Pity Yan is... Not in America, as far as I'm aware, right? Correct. So he can't get here. That's so fair. He, so he's out. Aldo is out. So at that point, who, who are we left with? I mean, Cruz, okay, so it is a name, va- and, and Cody's lost, and, and but Cruz is, without doubt, a name value thing. That's that's undeniable. But every so often, there's a story in MMA that I think, uh, you know what, I, I wouldn't mind sacrificing sort of the meritocracy of the sport just to see the story sure. so, so for me when Suhudo, uh when the Cruz came back and fought TJ after essentially three years away right. that was such, such a cool story and he won amazing if he could do it again mm. I would argue that Dominic Cruz coming back from three years off and entering the top tier of the sport and winning is something not seen in sports in general at all. Someone who took six years of their prime off and still came back and beat the best. So for that reason alone, I would actually just watch it because I think it's fascinating to see someone potentially make sporting history. That is cool, man. And it it is a treat because I I like Cejudo a lot. Uh, I think he gets kind of an unfair rap at times. I mean, look, he brings it on himself. There's no question (laughs) about it. But he's behind the scenes for anybody that doesn't know. Henry's a really good dude. Like, I mean, the antics that he does. Like, he's playing a a character a little bit much. I mean, it is kind of who he is. But he's having fun. I mean, look, he admitted it, right, before the last fight. Remember when he had that – that moment in the scrum where he's like, do you know what? He's like, to, to, to dress up with this magic stuff and pull around. He's like, do you realize like how much like I'm putting on myself to do yeah. that? I thought that was so cool, like a moment of reality. I mean, that's who he is. He gets, you know, that he's embracing the career. He's allowing himself to kind of be made fun of for the attention that it brings and that sort of thing. So well, I like Cejudo, even though a lot of people hate him. But Dominic, man, one of the greatest fighters in the history of sport and so snake bit. I mean, you think about the amount of money. That has been taken away from him because of the years of his prime. Well, it's, it's not that just that. Like, a lot of people, I think, because they think of that huge like layoff he had before, people don't realize this right now is the longest layoff of Dominic Cruz's career. That's crazy. Because he fought in December of 2016, and he, like he 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 took off uh, two years, then fought once again, then was off another year. So this is the longest layoff of his career. I I I mean. That guy is should should be inarguably the greatest 135er of all time. Yeah, and like you said, the guy is just fuck. I mean, his luck's not there. So ridiculous, man. He's, he's a grinder, man. He works. I mean, we've all seen him. <clears throat> even when he's embraced the the his work ethic that he puts towards when he's 
we've all seen him when he when he calls or when he was calling shows and he's doing stuff. He'd be there interviewing fighters and doing the work, doing sure. following the lead of what the great. The greatest Stan, American, Brian, Brian Stan. Brian Stan did. was the first one that did that. Brian Stan was the first yeah. one that did it, and then Dominic Cruz started doing it. And yeah. now they have the the fighter meetings where they basically like bring them in, they I hand feed them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, but but I mean, like Dominic was he 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 puts a lot of that same work ethic in what he was doing there, with what he did in his fighting. You know, so that always impressed me. But his fighting always impressed me, and the fact that I mean. These 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 stents away. Uh, you got to feel bad for the guy because yeah, you you wonder how good he really could been when you see how good he's already been uh, this whole time. But man, you look back, his first pro fight was two thousand five, and he's still doing it at such a high level. Yeah. And and then remember when he came in last time, he was like, there is no such thing as ring rust. He's like, he didn't want to buy into it. So now it's we'll get to see him get to prove his point with even more so now because he's even spending more time away than yeah. he did the last time. But if there's a person out there, you know, maybe outside of like a Tony Ferguson, <laughs> this is the guy that I think when he says like, it's not an issue, I'm going to come back and perform at a high level. This is the guy that I believe can do it. So part of me really just wants to see him rise to this level just to see um, what he's going to look like because I know he's going to wow us. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just going to be, a spectacular show. This could be great. I mean, man, that's a riddle for that's a riddle for Cejudo, man. Yeah. I, I feel the same way as you. I, I, that's why I'm not unhappy about this fight at all because yeah. I want I want to see. Look, we love people getting a chance at greatness, and and, and for, for like it or not, this is a chance where Cruz can come out and, like I said, make sporting history. But you know, also I think stylistically, it's very interesting. There's just so much about it to enjoy, and and if if to the people listening, if you think like the UFC were like. Let's get Cruz in there. I don't believe the UFC were like, let's give Dominic Cruz another title shot because he's proven time and time again he can't stay there consistently. True. And it's very hard to build a yeah. division when your champion's where, in and out all the where time. Where, like, at times, yeah. I think people have been critical of, like, a Frankie Edgar or people have been critical of a Uriah Faber getting a title shot where it felt like, yeah. they, they, you know, like, why is the UFC trying to force yeah. this upon but us? It's I because agree. the UFC can rely on them. But I believe, personally, I, I believe agree. that I believe the UFC didn't really want to give Cruz this. They just knew it would be the best bang for their buck at this moment. They had no alternate options. And that's that's what I think too. I mean, beggars can't be choosers. You know, at this point, you know, no. when it comes to who's available and it's who's a, willing to put themselves out there, it's a hell of a, a backup yeah. option off the bench, right? Yeah, completely. I mean, but even with like, um, but if Dillashaw was available, Cruz is not getting this title shot. You know, they're getting Dillashaw because Cruz has proven like, what's his best run in the last eight years? Three fights in one year. <sighs> You know, is that it? Like, it's I mean, crazy man. Yeah, but before that, he before those three fights, uh, when he, if you're talking about the Faber, Delashaw, Mitsugaki, which that was, that no, fight I, was I, awesome. I meant, I meant just the the ability to step into a cage three fights in twelve months. Oh, yeah, oh, right. that yeah, was yeah. that was Faber, uh, Delashaw, and um, Cody, which he lost. You know, can he, you imagine, dude? That would be sick. Like, I mean, I don't know how much longer he wants to do it, but can you imagine, like, if he came in, beat Cejudo, then maybe like. I mean, you got to think then Sterling would probably be next. Sterling's got to be ready. No he's going to take the title Sterling. and just hand it off like yeah, well, GSP. No, See, that, that, no. that's, that's, that, he's also, just going to GSP at You think point. UFC don't think Cruz is, has it in him to be like, thanks for the title. Thanks for the Here title. You go. See, you go. I, I want to see him come in and just beat like one through five. You know what I mean? Like, And, and be like that, that. Dude, if he came back and beat Cejudo, man, I thought Sterling's last performance was amazing. I'm a big fan of Aljo. Yeah, Al-Jermaine. I like Aljo. I'll watch that fight. Mm-hmm. I, I do think Sterling yep. versus Yan is the fight to make. I think that's like... You know, so it's a, it's but, but oh, and again, you're, I mean, you're going way down the line. Uh, stylistically, Dominic and Jan, 
Dude, that'd be a lot dude, of fun. Dominic and dude, I was I was preaching before he got the title shot. I was like, I want to see Aldo versus Cruz. Yeah, that'd <laughs> be great. That's a great fight. Let's hope he can stay healthy. That'd be yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, All right, uh, well, speaking of bands, we'll keep it there, and we'll go to uh, one last little clip I want to steal. Showcase. Uh, no, Farah Hanoon. By the way, Farah, uh, shout out to her, because if uh, surely by now I would imagine anybody that's listening to this has seen her work. If you weren't familiar with her before, she joined MMA Junkie. But, uh, I mean, she's, she's in Egypt, so her hours are totally, like, she has to, like, stay up in the middle of the night yeah, to do she interviews grinds. if she wants to. She doesn't have any direction because, for the most part, she's working by herself. Normally, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, like how work is and how we don't have people. You know, even on a good day, she only overlaps with the rest of our staff by, like, two hours because she's basically – and the work she does is amazing because it is so nice to kind of peel back the curtain a little bit. It's so nice to wake up in the morning and there's already content <laughs> loaded up and ready to go that we can publish. You know what I mean? That's because she's been working in the middle of the night, but – she has to be a self-starter. She has to be a self-directed person. There's there's nobody for her to just chit-chat with yeah. in the room. It's which fun. is good because that's what she did before we yeah, picked yeah. her up, yeah, you know, but which it, is how she made it on, on the radar, which it's funny because before we started doing a lot more of these uh, internet chats that we've been working, this is the most I've talked to Farrah yeah. like, since we brought her on. Absolutely. You know, it was like months and months, and I was like, I know there's this woman that works for us over in <laughs> Egypt, but I've never actually talked to her. She's great. She's but yeah, great. She, she, kicks, she kicks a bunch. She's a grafter as well. I mean, I met yeah. her in Abu Dhabi, and I was, I, even, I think I even said to her at the end of the week, I was like, really impressive. Like, you, yeah. You're, She's you sharp, want, man. You want that work. You she know, you does great. She does great. So, listen, she had a chance to speak with uh, Sean O'Malley. She lined up Sean O'Malley and uh, stayed up late to, to have a few minutes with him, a guy that luckily did squeeze in that interview. By the way, this uh, this full interview is on YouTube as well. I didn't include it in this clip, but, uh, man, she asked him. Sub- subscribe to our YouTube. You if you don't already, subscribe you should unsubscribe from uh, – Mac life. No, that's our territory. Then, you leave, you leave YouTube alone. <laughs> don't do that. You don't leave that. YouTube alone. <laughs> alone. Uh, no, it's funny though. But it's funny because I hadn't even thought about this. She, you know, she asked him. She's like, "Have you thought about like what happened? Like, if you wouldn't have been able to fight that week because he had been. Fu- you think oh, about it. he had been battling to get back for two years. Yeah. If he was not on that card, because that was basically the last card. I mean, he had Brazilian the next week, but he would have never been on that card. Can you imagine, like, oh, like the the, the madness that would be going through his mind? Like, am yeah. I ever going to fight yeah. again, dude? Like, this You're is most certainly left a good impression. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> man, he looked phenomenal, man. He's he's definitely back. So, anyway, here's a few minutes uh, with Sean O'Malley. I, I'm sure you know that every Bantamweight has pretty much called you out, so you're not short of, of potential options. But uh, do you have any opponent in mind or anyone you'd like to fight next? No, it's nice. I just don't even really – I don't think about who I'm fighting next or any of that until – until we have to get a fight booked. Right now, I'm just improving. I'm not thinking at all. Because if I get a fight, a name in my head, and I'm like, okay, I'm fighting this guy. Now I kind of start thinking about fighting that guy, and then it changes because something happens. So it's like kind of a waste of time. So I'm just improving my skill right now. It doesn't matter who I'm fighting next. Once we're a couple months out, probably from, from the date, then we'll probably figure out who we're fighting next. And you like having that target on your back with everybody calling you out. They were calling you out even when you were on the sidelines and couldn't fight. So, so do you like that having that that target on your back with everyone uh, coming after you and wanting to fight you? I don't necessarily like it or don't like it. I think that's just part of the position I'm in. You know, Connor had the same same thing. Everyone calling him out. But when you have 200 followers on Instagram and no one talks about you and you're getting paid 10 and 10 still. Like, it's their job to call out someone who's doing it right, someone who's has the eyeballs. So everyone that's calling me out is doing it for a reason. They they don't know how to, you know, they, they're trying to, they're doing what they need to do. But, yeah, um, I don't mind it. 
And moving forward, how do you see your career playing out? I mean, you're a guy that could easily be fast-tracked just because of your, of your name, what you bring to the cage, your fighting style, the way you're performing. I know you've only had three UFC fights, but would you like to be fast-tracked? I mean, do you see a, a, a career path, top 10, top five, five shot? Things could be moving really fast for you. Do you want to be fast-tracked or, or how do you how do you look at it? I'm just going with the flow, just kind of whatever. You know, it's, it's hard to, I'm going to go out there and perform in my next fight just as good as I performed last fight. So it's going to be hard to not fight better guys each time. And, you know, I'm going to go knock out the next three guys in a row, probably get a title shot. So it's hard to say with, with injuries and now this thing, this whole situation going on. So it's hard to kind of guess where, when I'm going to be champ or when I'm going to, um, I, I don't know. I'm probably, I plan on fighting for the next 10 years. So it's I'm not really going to hurry. You know, once you're champ, you're fighting the next best dude every single fight. Um, and that takes a toll on you. So I'm not necessarily in a, you know, in a rush to get there. But I also know if I keep going out there and performing the way I'm going to, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. All right, Sean O'Malley. Looks fantastic in his return. Uh, so shout out to everybody on the staff that allowed me to uh, showcase their audio slash. With or without their knowledge. With or without their knowledge. I, it, it's, it's a it, showcase, folks. Relax. It's in their contract. They didn't know. They signed it. It's in there. <laughs> uh, by the way, I, I was going uh, to include a little clip from uh, MMA Junkie Radio Crew, but they've got their own. They got their own stuff. They don't, they don't need to be showcased. But, nah. uh, but nah. uh, they had a great conversation with Valentina Shevchenko, but uh, I, it's we wrote a story, or I actually wrote a story about like she's looking for late August, she's recovering from surgery. But they had a great question. They were like, "So what are you doing? Like, I mean, are you doing anything positive during this? Have you had any, you know, good good things out of this quarantine?" She's like, uh, "Yeah, I'm 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 uh, continuing to learn Thai, and I'm also learning to sail." I'm like, "That chick does Jesus. everything, dude! Like, everything. she's the real cyborg of MMA." Jesus. I'm telling you, man, it's too funny, um, and. Shout out to Simon Head as well, man. He's been grinding over there in England. Uh, was going to showcase some of his stuff as well, but I'll have him on a on a uh, full podcast coming up. So uh, I did do some work, lest you think I did nothing at all. I have been basically <laughs> filling in for cold coffee and doing a lot of video production. Lest you think I was just stealing show, uh, showcasing. showcasing. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get this terminology right. Borrowing. Borrowing, yes. Uh, other people's stuff. Uh, that is not the case. Uh, aggregating, if you will. Yes. Uh, Spotlighting our staff members. I did have a, uh, a conversation with Ali Abdelaziz uh, and got a, uh, a lot of updates from him on his client roster and kind of what – uh, he's seen in terms of the USC schedule come up and how he's dealing with people. So uh, here is my full extended conversation with Ali Abdelaziz. Ali Abdelaziz, Dominance MMA CEO, one of uh, the most notable managers in the game today, no question about it. I got to ask you, Ali, the same way I'm asking everybody right now, how are you holding up, man? I know that uh, that you're a family guy. You love being around your family, but I know you like to, to get on the mats too and roll around with your crew. So uh, how are you holding up during the quarantine? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm making the best out of it, staying positive, you know, try to kind of make sure everybody's doing okay to uh, who around me and they make sure I'm okay also. It's, you know, just uh, it, it's so easy to get discouraged, you know, in this kind of situation, especially some of these people who need, like, they're not making money, like, life, livelihood been taken away from them. Uh, some of us, they can be okay without work for a couple of months. Some of us, they cannot, you know, and, um, we just make sure we stay positive and uh, just uh, stay connected with everybody who's in my circle. 
and I try to do the best I can to look out for them and they look out for me. No doubt. Let's talk about uh, your circle of clients, man. Obviously a notable list. I wanted to get uh, the update first on Habib, if, if you can, how he's doing. I mean, I know he took a little bit of heat from USC 249 by, by not being there for the fight, but it looks like he was right. I mean, the fight didn't end up happening anyway. And of course, I guess Ramadan's about to begin as well. So, so he's out for a little while, but um, I don't know. Have you talked to him? How's he feeling about the whole situation? How, how the whole thing kind of, kind of fell apart, unfortunately. Even the fight has happened. He, he, he was right. You know, um, and you know, uh, you know, everything was shined down in the U S he's planned on going to Dubai and, uh, trained there to finish his camp you know we was here rumbling the fight might be there but you know uh and after that when he went there the, the border was closed he went to russia the border russia's closed doesn't matter what everybody said to be honest with you you know the guy he spent here seven seven weeks spent hundreds of thousands of dollars he brought eight people with him he's not a guy who's gonna shy from a fight it doesn't matter who you are but you know uh, you know he's he lost you know he lost because he's he come here, spend a lot of time away from his family, his kids, and he can't get this time back. You know, it's not even about the money or anything like that. It's just about the time who very much wasted. And he's back in, in Russia, training, uh, just uh, being safe, and that's it, you know. I know he posted on Instagram. Um, he kind of mentioned September. He didn't really say he was fighting in September, but the way he said it kind of hinted like that's when he's looking. Is that kind of his plan right now you think is to, is to fight again in september and if so i mean why why so long why why, why such a big change i think this ramadan is going to start next week i i think he can be back in august you know you know he, he told me uh the original the ufc have a schedule in san francisco uh fight i think it was august 1st he can fight there is no problem uh it doesn't have to be september but you know as you know september they always have this abu dhabi card and i'm sure the ufc want him to fight there Ah, that would definitely make sense. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, that'd be a good fit. All right, well, let's talk about the guy that stepped in, another one of your clients, man, Justin Gaethje. Uh, so interesting, right, because he never wants to take short-notice fights. He said, I don't want to do it. And this time he said, I'm jumping in there. I'm going to help out. So talk to me about that. What was what was the decision like? How did how did that happen that he said, yeah, I'm going to take a short-notice fight? When this situation happened, um, you know, right, you know, right when I told the UFC uh, Habib is, is, is out, you know, but I very much at the same time, I was communicating with Justin and Kamaru Usman. And, uh, um, and Kamar, uh, Justin was, was a little bit, I did not expect him to say yes. But he's like, listen, uh, I can step in. It's, you know, it's a title shot. Uh, and it's also, it's something good to do, uh, you know, for the public to let know we're strong and, and we'll, you know, make a little bit of money. You know, uh, we fight for money. This is guys what they do, right? But it wasn't only about the money. It was just about the opportunity, and he jumped all over it. Was there any part of you as a manager that, that um, I don't know, tried to ask the UFC to get Tony Ferguson to wait? I mean, I know you can't, you know, make him do anything if he wants to fight, but that Tony Ferguson-Habib fight, that's the fight that everybody wanted to see forever. Was there any part of you that said, hey, hey guys, why don't y'all ask Tony to wait and not take a fight so that, you know, we preserve this matchup? I, I don't think it's, it's, it's right for me to ask for that because especially, especially – Tony haven't fought for a long time. I'm sure he have responsibility. He have families. He need money. And listen, if Tony was, it was, you know, it was up to him. He he could have said yes to, uh, to him, or he could have said to Justin, or said he gonna wait for Khabib, right? And he choose to take Justin. And you know, it's, it's good for everybody. He get to fight. He get some of the ring rust off. Justin get to fight. He make a living for his family. 
just get that opportunity set off and that's it you know um, so let's say Justin Gaethje wins, which I'm I'm sure you're you're expecting him to. I guess that would set up Justin Gaethje and Habib uh, for a title fight. Is that a fight that you know you'd be willing to help put together? I imagine that'd be a difficult situation for you with those two guys. Listen, I, I, Justin is gonna win. That's his, you know, that's the mindset we all have. And uh, you know, the, you know, listen, you see Henry Sahuru fought uh, Marlon Moraes before. This guy's an interim champion. He's gonna become the interim champion. Him and Khabib gonna you know fight for the undisputed. Lightweight champions. These guys work all their life to become a world champion. Who I am to, to step in the, in the way, not uh, to make it happen. I know Tony had problem before with that, but this is not how I do business. Uh, I don't think it's fair for anyone, for any a manager or a promoter, to stop a guy from making his dream to become true, to become the undisputed UFC champion. And I think it's the, uh, fair enough. If Justin win, it's a fair fight. Uh, him and Khabib will fight. You know. Uh, you know, business is not is normal. Business is normal. Yeah, you've got a bunch of you got a bunch of clients to be on this May 9th card. Um, I guess first, do you do you know where it's going to take place? I mean, has that been made clear to you where this May 9th card is going to happen? Doesn't matter. You know, the UFC is, is, is taking precautions. This this uh, LA thing was going to be great because they was taking so much precautions about guys who's going to get tested. If you go inside the hotel, you cannot leave. If the, if you leave. The, the fight is off. The corner man even cannot leave. Everybody's going to have the open um, workout room inside. They're going to have open workout room in every room. It's going to be a mat in every room. Uh, everybody's getting tested. It was, was, it was going to be great. It was going to be great. And I think it was going to be safe. It was, it's a bummer. This fight didn't happen. But now we get to fight May, May 9th, you know. So Ali, let me ask you, what are, what are the conversations with your clients like? I mean, you got a lot of guys on this May 9th card. I mean, are what are athletes saying right now? Are they are they worried? Are they concerned? Are they are they nervous? What what's the conversations like when you say, "Hey, are you are you willing to fight on May 9th?" Listen, man. Fighters, they go there and they they risk their body, their health, they, you know. Uh, of course, they they worry for this fight not to happen because it's, it's, it sucks to train for a training camp and keep postponing but I think everybody on this card is very positive. You know, you have to stay positive. You have to stay motivated. You know, I would say if this doesn't happen, I think everybody should be worried. But personally, I don't think should anybody should be worried at all. I think this fight card is going to go through. And I think it's going to be uh, the week leading after that is going to be two, two, two fights a week or at least one fight a week. I think everybody will get their fight before the end of the year. And I think it thing will be normal. Um, and I know the only problem now, the international guys. And I know the UFC working on this fight island thing uh, to get in fights, you know. And uh, let's see what's going to happen, man. Just We have to stay positive. This is our livelihood. And this is what we do. And without this, life is not the same for us. So many different ways. Uh, the guys, they competitors. This is the way they make money. Uh, this is our livelihood. We don't know much, you know, a lot of us, we don't know too much much about outside MMA, you know, and one of them, I'm, I'm, I'm so in, I'm so into deep into this whole MMA things, and I, you know, I'm, if I'm not working, I'm on the mat, if I'm not on the mat, I'm on the phone, if I'm not on the phone, I'm in a meeting, and all my livelihood surrounding by the passion of my fighters, MMA, and this is what we do, and a lot of, um, you know, these guys, that's how they support their families, that's how I support my families, that's how you support your families, and I'm talking about having this fight is very very important to just move on not only financially mentally physically 
for everybody, you know. But of course, we have to take precautions, and we have to be smart about it. And uh, I think what Dana White does, uh, you know, he's he's passionate, but he have very very smart team around him. They they make sure you know, there's nobody ever died in the UFC. Nobody ever been uh, seriously hurt in MMA in general. And I think let the professional do what they do, let them protect us. Because if we sign a contract with them, they're responsible to protect us. If you're a UFC fighter, Bellator fighter, PFL fighters, you, there's nobody do it better than the UFC. Medical, like they make you do so much test. And I think they're, they're going to do it right. And you have a lot of people behind the scene, uh, like guys like Hunter, you know, very smart people. You got Dr. Davidson. You got, you got, you know, so many names. You know, I'm probably going to miss a lot of names. Very, very smart people. Lawrence, a lot of people, they've been doing this for a long time. And they are, the last thing the UFC want to do, do something and somebody dies. You know what I'm saying? You know, anything can happen, but this is not what they do. And they're not going to risk a four or five billion dollar company. They, they can wait. They have enough money to wait. You know what I'm saying? But I think also they need to make money. We need to make money. Everybody make money. Everybody... It is about money, it's about the economy, it's about, uh, you see Donald Trump, he just appointed Dana to be part of the economic team. It's kind of crazy, but I love it. You know, but listen, I think, you know, Donald Trump, a lot of people get a bad rap, but I think he's, I think he's a realist. Like me personally, I'm not a top politician, but when I look at him, he's real. And, you know, Dana White, everybody knows how real he can get. He's too real sometimes. But <laughs> this is, you know. This is the way you have to do things sometimes. But it's, you know, I'm, I'm excited, man. May 9, I have five guys. I have main event, coming event. We got Henry Sahuru fighting. You know, we haven't seen him. We missed him. You know, we missed Henry Sahuru. And I guess as a fan, I can't wait to see him, you know. To fight. All right, I got I got to ask you about, about Triple C. How did he end up fighting Dominic Cruz? I mean, I understand Aldo couldn't travel and, and why it happened. But, I mean, you do have names like, Peter Yan, Aljamain Sterling, Corey Sandhagen, you know, very top contenders. And and I know that I know that, you know, Henry wants to fight the legends of the sport. He wants to fight the big names. And Dominic's the bigger name, but he's not the top contender right now, right? So I mean, does he not want to face those top contenders at all? Or first of all, Peter Young fighting Marlon, and Peter Young doesn't even have a visa to be in the US, right? Uh, publicly, Aljamain, I believe, said he's not fighting through the pandemic. And he's recovering from a thumb injury, I believe, you know. I'm, I'm, you know, don't quote me, but that's what I was kind of been hearing from me in the media. And, uh, Cody Sanhagen, I'm not sure what's about him. But listen, at the end of the day, you know, uh, Henry is sometimes, man, when he, when, he, when he accomplishes this much, you, like Israel Adesanya, he wanted to fire Romero's coming off two losses, right? You know, like Dominic Cruz is, you know, you know, Frankie's name was in it. Frankie's name was in it even before Dominic Cruz. That was the first option. Actually, it wasn't Dominic. Uh, and, and I know Henry talked to uh, Henry talked Henry talked to Dana directly. Actually, I wasn't involved in this conversation, and Dana was agreed to it. But you know, it wasn't gonna give enough time to Frankie to cut the weight because Frankie's coming from a 45 pounder. This Dominic Cruz, the guy, you know, he's he's been around for a long time. He's he have 20. 20 and two record. It's an unbelievable record. I think he come back from a long, long layoff, BTG De La Shaw, and he lost to Cody, you know? Uh, you know, I know Cody wants to get the shot too, you know? 
but you know Henry was it was completely up to Henry who he wanted to fight, and uh, you know he said he Dominic Cruz is on the table and listen Dominic Cruz is steel you know he bring a lot of things to the table uh, he's a you know he's, he's he's a big name and it's you make the big fights the biggest fight you know I believe Cody's a bigger name you know uh, I believe Frankie Edgar is a bigger name but Dominic Cruz man is a is a legend and I think you know what if you give it to somebody. Dominic Cruz, you know, I'm not gonna say deserve it over just other guys, but name value, he's he's hundred times much bigger than all these guys, and I think it's gonna be a great fight. Dominic is a a tough competitor. He always bring it in an entertainment level, technical level. We don't know how good Dominic is gonna look. You know, I miss watching Triple C. I miss I miss watching Dominic Cruz too. You know, if, if it's gonna be the last time. When Cody put put this weapon on him, or it's gonna be a different Dominic Cruz, you know. I'm very as a fan, you know. I'm I'm excited about looking to see Dominic. I don't think anybody can say Dominic deserve it. Doesn't deserve it. At the time we are in, there's no such a thing he deserved it or not, right? You know. Listen, let's be real. Aldo didn't deserve this, but you know, by the numbers, by the ranking, but what Aldo have done throughout his career. What Dominic Cruz have done throughout his career, what Frankie Edgar does throughout his career, right? You know, and if you want to take this this legend, listen, if Henry win, uh, you know, and I'm looking for him to win for sure. Uh, eight weeks later, he said he want to fight Aldo. If we can get Aldo, he gonna fight Aldo. You know, he's still the next opponent is still Jose Aldo. It's it's, it's none of these other guys. This is what he wants, and this is what's a deal. You know, he told the UFC, but I know Aldo have some. Some travel issues or visas, I don't know. But also, how are we gonna say no to Aldo? The guy is, is one of the best lighter weight ever we ever seen, you know. And I see, you know, I feel for like uh, like Peter Young, even Marlon coming back. You know, Cody can get wins, and Cody is one of the biggest names in the division. Like name wise, he he's a superstar, you know. But also Aljamain, all those guys, you know, they've been doing really well, and they all listen. They all deserve it, but I think everything is timing. You know, they're all great fighters, great competitors, and they have to go out there and be vocal, and they have to go out there and go after. Listen, nobody, Henry Sahuro alone, he make people talk about pentamweight. Nobody ever talk about <laughs> pentamweight this much. The man he kept everybody relevant and hate him or leave him. All those guys should be grateful for him because without him, you know. You will not talk about this phantom weight like that. He keep everybody. He have not fought for almost a year, you know. But somehow, he stay in the media more than all of them, <laughs> and they all been fighting. And listen, my opinion is people. He should be in a conversation, the greatest of all the time, because he's a two division champion. He's defending actually his title. He's an Olympic champion, and whatever Henry done, people talk about Demetrius Johnson, bro. What? Henry does a lot more for the sport than Demetrius Johnson ever did. I'm not saying Demetrius Johnson is not a GOAT. He is a GOAT. I think he's an amazing, great human being. He's just a great guy. But I'm talking about what whoever does, does to Marlon, to TJ Delashaw. Nobody does this to these guys. Nobody. And what Henry doing to everybody, nobody have ever done. And I think, he, my opinion, he's one of the greatest fighters to ever do it. Maybe he is the greatest fighter to ever do it. You know, he's, by he, accomplishment. 
He certainly keeps himself in the headlines. That's for sure. He's done a great yeah, job of marketing. Way, like, he's not like McGregor. Like McGregor keeps himself in the headline by by bullshitting people, by putting false narrative. Henry keep holding uh, in a in a he stay in the headline because he remind everybody, hey, shut up! I'm the triple C. I'm the flyweight champion. I'm the I'm the I'm the pantomweight champion. I'm the Olympic champion. He's People putting people in that place by by saying the correct things. When Connor talk, Connor talk about some stuff happened a long time ago. This even he coming off a loss. If Henry coming off a loss and talking like that, it would be like a joke. But he's whooping everybody's ass, and you, and if you getting whooped, and you you witness being whooped, you can't say nothing about Henry. To be honest with you. Well, you know, I, I, like I, it, I <laughs> yeah, him, him and Cody going at it for me. I sit back because I know if Cody go out there and beat knock out Asensio, I believe me, Cody will probably jump all over these guys because Cody, he's one of the biggest stars in the sport. If Marlon go out there and knock out Peter Young, Marlon back in, in, in the thing. And listen, Marlon Bryce is probably one of the most dangerous guys in the Bantamweight division. Everybody brings something different. And this is why Bantamweight right now, all these guys, they should be very happy because they are relevant. All of them are relevant. Peter Young, Aljamain, Marlon, Cody, all these guys are relevant. And you have to give credit to Henry a little bit for that. What's, what's the update on Cody Garbrandt? I want to ask you about him. How, how's he doing health-wise? And uh, says maybe a move, a move to flyweight is, is the right move for him. You're talking about how much he matters at Bantamweight. What's what's his future and his status right now? Listen, man, I, I think Cody, talent-wise, is probably one of the most talented guys in the division by a, by a mile. But in a way... He moved to Mark Henry. Uh, he have a different coaches. He still work with Chris, you know, Alpha Male guys too, and he's now he's taking the best of both worlds, you know. And now I I think Cody's getting a lot better. People, but you know he got this problem with his kidneys. Uh, he went to the hospital. He was in the ICU for almost uh, a week, uh, and now uh, we trying to just make sure he get back on track and make sure. When he fights, I want to make sure he is ready to go. Because let's be real, he lost his last three fights. He we can't lose for him to you know. Listen, if we have a training camp and lose, it's okay. But if we make like some stupid choices, jump in early or anything like that, I think it's the best thing for him. Because on point, Cody Garbrandt is not too many people can beat him. To be honest with you, in shape, Cody Garbrandt is very very hard man to even come close to even to touch this is what i think we saw what he did dominic cruz on dominic cruz it's it's a heavy 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 fighter he's not no easy fighter but i'm talking about when you're gonna see cody garbrandt again at 35 or at 25 you're gonna see something special this is my opinion nice you mentioned frankie edgar's name too is being involved in the title shot you know he's had a couple rough setbacks as well what's uh What's the future hold for Frankie Edgar? What, what does he still you know, want to accomplish, and, and where do you see him going next? I think Frankie just go out there and, you know, fight, beat guy like Al Jermain or beat guys like some of these names, and you can see him back also in the title hunt. You know, listen, but at the end of the day, too, Frankie, it's, it's, we ha- he cannot just be – he's not 26 anymore. He's not 27. He can't take fight on two weeks. No, luckily, he always does. You know, this is something we have to hold him back. And we have to be like, listen, we have to have right training camp, the right weight cut, especially on a new weight division. When you go to a new weight division, it's a little bit different. 
You know, you don't know how your speed is going to match with these people. You don't know how your weight cut is going to match. This is why he have to be in the top tip, top shape in his life for him to be able to compete on this highest level because Frankie Edgar is not getting in a bone. He's not getting <laughs> number 15. He's going to get somebody who's, 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 a, who's a heavy hitter. And, uh, and I think Frankie can hang with the best still. How close are we to getting done on uh, Usman and Masvidal? That's the fight everybody wants to see right now. Uh, how, how close are we getting done? Has this thing slowed it down just because UFC hasn't had time to deal with it? Or what's what's the holdup? Listen, I, I'm, I'm kind of getting tired of this whole thing because it's been a lot of trash talking. It's going back and forth. And it's, I feel, you know, when it, when the fight pre-long like that, when the fight happened, ah, they already talked to all the trash. Everything is burned out, you know. And I feel this fight needs to happen, you know. Uh, Listen, Masvidal, it's a, it's a challenge, <laughs> and he's a buzzle. Kamaru know how to solve buzzles, and uh, and I believe it's one of the biggest fight. I believe one of the biggest fights the UFC can make today. You know, I don't think I think the animosity is real. That they, they don't like each other. Uh, they've been going at it. There's a history there between the teams, uh, and I think uh, you know, Kamaru's you know. You know, he's, he's just going to do what he does. You know, he's going to go out there and dominate. And uh, Masvidal, I said, he bring, he's been doing well. He's been uh, fighting very well, you know. He, and he's a veteran. He's crafty, you know. Uh, but listen, if you look at Kamaru Usman, uh, you know, Woodley, I know, said he's he's one of the greatest welterweight of all the time, right? I think this claim is going to be gone. I think George St. Pierre... At the moment, he is right because the things he did. But if you look at Kamaru's last five opponent, they all top five fighters. There was not a guy coming off a loss. It was not like an easy matchup. He talk about Maya, Dosanios, Kobe, Kobe Covington, Tyrone Woodley, everybody, Elian uh, Edward. Everybody he beat it there in top five. The only guy he did not beat in the top five, it's uh, it's Masvidal, right? Is Masvidal, and, uh, and you know he beat all the top guys. After he beat Masvidal, who else left? You understand? And in a way, listen, Taro Woodley, he was a he was a great champion, you know. And I know that they go back and forth, and you know you can say whatever you want about Woodley. He's a great champion, and the way Kamaru beat him, he made a statement. And listen, Woodley said he have an off night. Listen, he have a chance to win a couple of fights and get back and get a rematch. The result is going to be different? I don't think so. But if Woodley think he is, he is. But I'm talking about the welterweight division have not been this exciting in a long, long time. You know, you know, you cannot start putting Kamaru in the conversation. He's one of the baddest dudes in the UFC today in every weight division. Listen, you see how nobody dominate people the way he does. Kobe Covington, you can say whatever you want about him. Kobe Covington will probably beat everybody in the division. And the way Kamaru Write it out. And remember, Kamara was, was not even 50% in this fight. I'm, there's no excuse. This is the first time I'm going to say that. And probably Kamara was not going to be happy I said that. He was going through a lot in this camp. But he went out there and he knocked the Kobe out. Kobe can say whatever they want he want. He can say whatever. But it's all been excuses, excuses, excuses. And now the welterweight division, you got guys like Gilbert Burns, who is coming on strong, right? I might have Kamaru fight and Gilbert Burns. You never know, you know. Uh, and this one is going to be crazy because I manage both guys and both guys, they train on the same camp. <laughs> 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 but in a way, you know, 
uh, Gilbert Bird looking. I'm telling you, a lot of people right now do not, they do not want to fight Gilbert Bird. He's trying to fight every weekend. I'm telling you something. When these guys say you fight Francis, he's not joking. You know, I, I, will, I, will, I will never make something like that happen. But I'm talking about <laughs> he really. Listen, let me tell you a story about uh, about Gilbert Burns. Uh, Gilbert Burns, I don't think Sean Shelby was was high on him, right? When I started managing him, and I very much told him, Gilbert, listen, Sean letting you fight the last fight on your contract. When the UFC lets you do that, that means they try to cut you, right? And Gilbert Burns was at this point like he's a grappler, and 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 I believe Sean Shelby lit a fire under his ass. You know, because since Sean did that, Gilbert been on fire, and he's been become not one of maybe favorite guys, Sean guys, and now Sean loved this guy because what he does show up, and he put every he took fight on eight days notice, nine days notice, one month notice. His last four fights, I think, was on all short notice. You know, and this one guy too, uh, Heyman Woodley, the UFC was trying to make it. I, I don't think Woodley thought made sense. It's okay. You know, it's no problem. You know, he's number one. He's number six. And I think this rink, rinking, it killed a lot of great fights, you know. But we're going to see, man. I think it's a, it's a good time to be part of the sport right now, especially because I think Dana White is going to come hard, man. He's going he's gonna to have fight two, three times a week. He, he might see the old Dana White who, like you see him, he's doing media more than ever we've seen him. I'm I, I at night time I get my popcorn, and uh, I watch like me I watch I just start listening to all this interview and stuff. And this is something I did before I become in the sport. I was a huge fan, you know. I was a huge fan of Dana and you see it, and I always loved to watch the interview and antics and you know, and and all this craziness. And and now I'm seeing the old Dana coming back, and he's coming hard. And I'm telling you something, he's a ruthless dude, man, and he want to prove everyone wrong and i'm telling you if he said anything bad about him or you said this fight that happened he's gonna get you <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you know about fight island man this is this crazy thing that he's coming up with right what what, what to give us some scoop on that because you're gonna have a lot of international fighters you're gonna have a lot of people fighting there i imagine i think i i, I got more international fight than anybody i think i got more fighters than anybody by miles in the ufc uh but I'm telling you something, man. Like a lot of, I, I watched something ESPN that said Dana White stay trust, stay relevant, right? These people are crazy. How he, you know, this guy, he probably have close to a billion dollars. He can sit back and relax, you know what I'm saying? And not do nothing. But he just, he really have, despite Alan is real. And he's, he's, he's not going to just lie to the whole entire world, be like fake news, you know? It's, 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 the fight Alan is real. I know it's real because I know some people involved in it, right? I'm not going to say much because I don't know much, right? This fight, I was real because a lot of these international fighters, they're going to go there and fight, you know? And uh, it's also, uh, it's great because it doesn't matter where you're from, from China, from Russia, from you know, Canada, whatever you're from, you're going to have an opportunity to, to make money, to, to, to live your dreams. Remember, these fighters have short window to make money. And in life, you can buy everything back. But one thing you cannot buy back is time. You know, when guys want to hold out and not fight and stuff like that, I, I hate it. Because the UFC, the machine, they go on without you, with you. You know, of course, it's, it's a lot of negotiation tactic, a lot of things we all do. But time, 
this is kill a lot of people. Like this is six, six months of your career, right? Six months of your career, you're gonna fight one fight or two fight, you could have made money, right? And also ring rust. A lot of guys have access to gym full time. And some guys don't have access to nothing. That means it's not equal. Some guys are training and some guys are running and lifting weight. When you come back, you're gonna see a lot of upset because a lot of these guys who is training, they're gonna be beating a lot of these guys who's better than them, but they have not been training, right? You will see a lot of a lot of crazy things happening when you come back. My opinion, and it's not gonna be fair for a while, you know. If you because a lot of the gyms they close, they're not gonna open, and a lot of the gyms they are open, but they open in the secrets, right? But uh, it's it's gonna be interesting. Some of my guys, they're not getting the right training right now. But some of them getting full training. Like Camaro, he's training every day, two times a day. Henry training three times a day. Justin, he have his own gym. He's training, you know. And a lot of my guys, they're not getting the right training. I'm being real with you, you know. And I think that's just part of the reason Frankie Edgar did not stop up. Because Frankie Edgar didn't have the, the structures everybody else had, yeah. you know. You mentioned negotiations. I'm curious. Uh, I don't know if you've gotten this far yet, but we know we got Fight Island. We know we're going to have a lot of shows at the Apex. That means the UFC is not going to be making any money on gate revenue. I've heard in other sports that, that, that athletes are being asked to maybe take a little bit of a pay reduction in order to keep the leagues going. Have you had to have any conversations like that? Or do you anticipate the UFC coming to you and saying, hey, can you guys take a little bit less money because we're not making any money? The UFC is not going to do that. I think the UFC is going to lose probably – if you did the calculation of all the show they have a year, they'll probably lose between 50, 60 to 80 million dollars gate a year, right? But at the end of the day, you know, we have they have a contract, you know, they're not going to come back and say take less money. And first, I'll probably, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a team player, but I think a lot of the fighters they wrote they signed a contract. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I don't think the UFC will ever come say that. They did not come say that to me. I don't think they will. But remember, we all, we in, we're in it together, too. You know, we're in it together. Um, and, you know, you never know what happened. You know, I'm not saying no or yes about things because I don't know what's the future home. But I don't Nobody think, does. Listen, like, Dana White is a different kind of guy, right? Um, he said he's not laying any of his employees off, and he didn't, right? Everybody else in the world did except him, right? I don't think he's going to come and ask the fighter to take less money, right? And also, the structure of other sports is very different. They have pensions. They have a lot of things. A lot of the fighters, they don't have that. I don't think the UFC is going to say that's the fighters. Uh, and I don't think this is Dana style. This is not, you know, I, I know him personally, and I know uh, I know everybody working there. It's not their style. They think, okay, you're making 10, uh, 12,000, we're going to give you 10 and 10. You know, it's, it's, they, it's not like that. It's not like that. And I don't think any of the fighters are going to say yes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, they, they work are, for that content. I'm talking about they lose the money. They're going to lose money. But I think they make a lot of money too. They, you know, but I think they want to honor their contract. They want to be the pioneer to come back. They want to be, they want to make an example. And I think, they are very smart because now they're going to get a lot of fans. If they come first, a lot of people is going to be UFC fans. That means when it's open up, a lot of pay-per-view buys. I don't know about the pay-per-view buys now because people are not spending money. 
they're going to be, I, I, I'm a little bit 50-50 on it. But I think if they come May 9 and they start putting on shows, many people are going to become UFC fans from other sports. This yeah, is I agree. I agree. Ali, you mentioned Conor McGregor's name earlier, so I have to ask you. I mean, I know Habib doesn't really seem all that interested in a rematch ever, but, I mean, you know, you got Dana saying this is the biggest fight in the world. So what what do you think? I mean, is, is there enough money to get Habib interested in something? I kind of get the feeling sometimes he doesn't really care about money that much. I don't know if that's accurate, but is there a way that he would ever be interested in, in, in fighting Conor again? I can see George fighting George. I can see Habib fighting George St. Pierre before fight Conor. You know, you know, like now, Conor is Habib's son. He's 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 my nephew. You understand? You know, he's he's his son. You know what I'm saying? Now, when you when you whip your son, sometimes be like you gotta give your son a break. Your son gotta build his uh, his self esteem back up. You know, and I want my nephew to go out there and uh, and get you know some takedown lessons and wrestling like Henry's. <laughs> Hodo said, I said, uh, the thing you should get in your quarantine, get some takedown defense. Henry is right. Like, he's, 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 uh, he's our young family member right now. And I think he needs to get like a little time off and work on his craft, you know. You know, he, he's out there, go some good things. You know, I'm probably never going to say nothing good about this motherfucker, to be honest with you. But, you know, he's doing some good things. And fuck, man, like, I think it's awesome. You know, he's, he's, he's you know, I, I see him. I see him doing some good things. Khabib does, does a lot of things too, but he never showed. But it's okay because I think showing it you can encourage people too. But we, you know, we. But it's okay. But he, you know, he's he's our he's Khabib's son. He's my nephew, and I think my nephew needs to sit back a little bit, let them big boys uh, handle business, like Gaethje fight Tony, and you know he's right now. If he say Khabib number one, Gaethje and Tony is number two and three, he's number four, and number four. He's probably going to sit out maybe a year before he get a crack at a title. But I see uh, GSP getting a, I can see Khabib fighting GSP before he fight Conor. I really, truly do. And I'm not trying to promote a fight, you know. Uh, and this is what I think. And I know George said some interview and said some things. But, uh, you know, let's see what happened. Listen, Justin have to fight Tony. The winner got to fight Khabib. He's an undisputed title on the line. Khabib is always going to be a fair to people who the, the contenders. One thing fighters should respect, and they will miss. Khabib is never going to step over a, a, a number one contender for a money fight. I promise you that. If you're the number one contender, he's going to give you a shot over a money fight. But listen, Conor make a lot of sense financially. It's a lot more money. He'll probably make five times more money. Uh, you know, I think as a fight, Khabib can make $50 million. You know, you know what I'm saying? You know, he'll make probably three and a half more than he normally make, right? But also he's a it's a people don't understand. I'm not the boss, he's not the boss. His father is the boss. <laughs> and whatever his father wants, that's what's gonna happen. Kabi will have no say so, I have no say so, his father have say so. <laughs> if his father wake up in the morning said, Boys, get up together, we're fighting Connor, we're fighting Connor. But his father said no. It's, I don't think anybody can change. It's not me, not Dana. His father is he's 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 the gangster. He's the, <laughs> the gangster. But and I know his father. His father said, you know, listen. His father's he's, he's the boss, man. He's he's gonna choose, and we're gonna follow the the, the plan he does. You know? 
I dig it. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, I've taken a lot of your time. I appreciate it. I, I hope I hope we get back to action on May 9th, if I'm being honest, man. I, I really do. May 9th, tune in only at ESPN on pay-per-view. UFC 250 is 100% is a go. And I dare you to say it's not going to happen. 100%. I want to give prop out uh, to everybody's involved. The UFC staff, the medical team, the matchmaker, Dana, all these guys for putting all this hard work. And also, I want to give a shout out to all the fighters because it's not easy to train and cancel, to train and cancel. You got to give a shout out to all the fighters. The fighters are the heroes here. Let's, let's not get it twisted. The fighters are the heroes. They're the ones have to break camp two, three times in fighting. And everybody fighting on UFC 250, they are the best of the best in the sport, right? And everybody should plus all these guys. It doesn't matter if they're the enemy or the friend. We like him, we don't like him. I think it's time to unite a little bit and get the fight going. And after that, everybody can go to war again. All right, so there you go. Ali Abdelaziz, uh, obviously uh, not everybody's favorite character in the sport, but it is hard to deny the talent that that man represents. And uh, I thought he had some good updates there. I appreciate him uh, spending that extended time with me uh, just a little bit before I came over here, basically. So that was a little bit earlier today. Taped that conversation. We'll have it up on MMA Junkie as well and the YouTube channel and all that. Uh, all right, guys, here's where we, uh, where we get really uh, important information. Uh, recommendations for people to watch. Recommendations. To do. I want to say, I'm just going to throw it out there. Green Rush. Green Rush, the movie that Rick Lee helped produce. Oh boy. Uh, Uriah Faber, of course, is in there. Andre Feely uh, actually starred in it, was on camera, uh, had, had several lines there. I mean, he's not the primary role, but it's not like one of those things where he's just in there for like two seconds and he yeah, says yeah. he was in there. Like, he was actually in it. Uh, I watched the movie, and I liked it a lot, man. It was actually – uh, Didn't it's, you have a part in it or something? It's he, do, he, he does have a part in it. Yes, he does. Yes. Is, this a, is this a paid advertisement? <laughs> Sir. My voice is used very slightly in the beginning, uh, so I assure you, this is not this is not because Did I'm Luke tied Thomas to tell it you anymore. To, to promote this, he's also Sir. he's also in the movie. Oh, okay, I don't know. Okay, was it Karen Bryant that said something? Sir, I am I am featured for like two seconds, the, and it's literally just my audio. The funny thing is, Rick asked me one night, he's like, "Hey, do you want to come watch the movie?" And he underestimated how drunk I already was at like seven o'clock. I was like, "I fucking love to watch your movie, mate." And he said, in the morning after I fell asleep in his bed, he said, in the morning. He was like, yeah, you watched that really intensely. So I guess I was just watching going, I get what's happening here, <laughs> screaming at the screen and stuff. Wow. But you remember none of it. <laughs> it was a good film, man. It's a good film. <laughs> it's actually a good film. The characters are, I mean, listen. It's, it's, the trailer looked awesome. Dude, it's, it's a good film. It's the trailer looked really good. Is, is it, you know, a $100 million Hollywood blockbuster? Like, no, of course. It's an independent film. You know, but as far as, like, the characters and the story, yeah. like, it's good, man. It's actually good. It, it so. looked a lot more, uh, as you put in your tweet uh, darker and a lot more fully fleshed out than what I thought it would that's be it. initially that's it. you know like it looked it looked like a, a like a real movie dude like there's gonna not like, just like hey we got a, we got yeah. a couple guys together to no. throw some lines as, together as, it as, looks like pretty the, good like the, I was actually talking to Rick about this after I watched I'm like I think I've seen the lead guy in some stuff before. I'm not sure. You know, I don't watch movies. He has but been in stuff. I feel like I've, I can't I feel remember like, what it was. But yeah, yeah, I feel like I've it's, seen him. In, here's what in I told. Here's what I told Rick, and and I hope this will uh, get people to understand. Like as you said, like fleshed out. Like there are certain good guys that you start cheering against. There are certain bad guys that you start cheering for. You know what I mean? So there's actually like you know kind of character arcs that sort yeah. of thing. And I, and I also think a lot of people when they see like MMA guys or wrestlers in movies, they think, oh, it's a novelty movie that's setting on the case of it's got this 
motherfucker in it. That's not what this is. This is a movie that has actors who also happen to do MMA. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is a real movie. This is not a novelty movie. They, That's what I took. They basically anyway. only gave they basically only gave uh, Feely like one, I mean they never like uh, like tried to make him a fighter at all. In fact, there's one there's one line and it doesn't I mean I'm not spoiling anything or whatever. But there's something brought up and he's like it's like oh there's a there's a boxer down the way. He's like, don't watch boxing. I thought that was pretty funny. I was like, you know, just a funny little, you know, like a little, little. Oh, okay, cool. He's like, yeah, I don't watch boxing. Funny enough, and I'm sure I probably said in the past, I too once was in a weed movie. What? I didn't know this. Johnny Appleweed. The crime stop. Johnny Appleweed. <laughs> Johnny Appleweed. And my, uh, my name was Curtis. I was as well. I was a drug dealer. <laughs> A small, teeny, teeny little bit. I, was in I think I had like a, a line or two or something. I, I was in a movie once <laughs> called, it was in a gangster robbery movie, and it was called 4321, Four Girls, Three Cities, Two Days, One Chance. And, uh, Whoa. <laughs> That's some James Vaughn sounding stuff. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was fucking shit. But Jeez. I was in it. I had two lines. I feel like such a I loser act, now. I actually you're, in gr- you're in... You're in green. You should have an idea. My voice I, I, is in there for two seconds. You should have the IMDb uh, credit yeah, so, for it. Yeah, I tell you what. When you see all the women who stop me for bringing four, three, two, one, man. <laughs> <don't tell> <laughs> just constant, just constant. So I don't have movie things, but I uh, like I've said, I've been playing more Xbox. So I'll give you a couple game recommendations of what I've been playing. I played. Um, uh, I like the the military flight games. There's that one called Ace Combat Seven. I forget what the You're on after the list. that. But that one is awesome. If you like to fly planes and stuff, <laughs> Ace Combat Seven. Uh, I played one that was called Ori and the Blind Forest. Um, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it sounds like the worst children's book ever. No, written. They're, it, they're very, very sort of more like Japanimation based ones. Uh, but Ori and the Blind Forest, and then this last one, which is absolutely it, it came out in like 2017. Near Automata. I think it's a, a sequel to uh, the first Near game. Um, N I E R, and then Automata. It is probably one of the most beautiful uh, games I have ever played. It literally is. Uh, I was blown away by it. If I had to rate the game, I'm gonna give it ten out of ten. <laughs> it is absolutely. It's like a slasher game where you like your sword play or whatever. It is a fantastic and beautiful game. This is the part of the show where I realized if we didn't drink and we didn't work in the same <laughs> play, we would have nothing in common. Welcome to Kenny's console corner. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so there's, there's the. There's I, did, my, I did break uh, down and finally watch Tiger King. I, fi- I finally had enough time. You, I've I, haven't Tiger done King. It, I haven't done it yet. What? Uh, it's, a, it's a part of your pop culture now. Well, it it's, just, it, well it's the same thing when everybody was like, you have to watch. You're going you're gonna to flame me on this one. Everybody was like, you had to watch that. Uh, uh, what's the. With uh, Brian. Um, <laughs> And he, he's a drug dealer and everybody... Uh, oh, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Yeah, I never watched that. I never watched Breaking Bad. Yeah, me neither. Everybody was like, dude, you have to watch it. No, but the difference is... I'll t- get around to Tiger King eventually. Tiger, but it's like, Tiger King, you have to watch it because you've got fuck all else it's, to it's do. It's just a great... It's, I was telling you can my, play Xbox my, games. My, my, so my wife watched it all and she was like, you should watch it. Like, it's not bad. You know, it's, it's kind of entertaining. And then when I, I watched the first episode and I was like, yeah, it's not bad. She was like... It's just a good way to waste time, yeah. basically. I mean, that's it. Like, yeah. it's not it's, like it's watching shitty people be shitty to each, each other. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, enjoyed I, it. I, I, I didn't hate it. It's not like it's not. You're not gonna walk away saying it's the best thing you've ever watched. But it's like right now, we all got time to kill. Yeah. It's a good way to kill yeah. some time. I, Speaking of which, I watched Ozark. Good fucking show. I heard. Yeah, I heard that one was really good. I recommend. I heard it that a one lot. was good. Recommend it a lot. Good I did you just start with season three though? No, I started like so. They have all three on Netflix. Yeah, so I yeah. just 
like I, said, I, I heard if you start because somebody was saying like the season three debut is awesome, but like if you started there, you would have no idea. No, what no, it no. Is. you need you who need to watch, you need start to watch it from the beginning. Three. That'd be terrible. What's that? It's, who who would want to start on a season three of yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. You you would just have to feel like what I feel like I'm missing something. Westworld's crushing it, by the way. On, oh, on Westworld season three. was good. I, I, Westworld season one I loved. Westworld season two I didn't like as much, but season yeah. three is is crushing. That's it. that's a good that's a good good series. I do not recommend uh, Four Weddings, which I think is the name of the this crappy show that Age and H watches, where four women go to watch each other's weddings and then they rate them, and then at the very end the winner gets. A honeymoon paid for. I'll be honest with you, mate. If you couldn't tell that from the title alone, there's not a lot of it hope for you. It is garbage. It's garbage. Four weddings. <laughs> Another one uh, that she likes to watch is uh, 90 Day Fiance. I feel like we maybe talked about that before. <laughs> it is literally one of the worst things in the world. And the show is like on multiple seasons, I think, or something. It's absolutely gives you no hope in humanity. So those are my recommendations that if you're watching them... <laughs> Walk in front of a bus. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, buses aren't running at this moment in time. So, so you're going to go. Uh, uh, so bad. Run as fast as you can into a bus. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see what happens. And then reconsider your life choices. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, listen. Uh, by the way, I never said anything, but if you like the show, make sure you rate it on iTunes. Patreon.com slash MMA Roadshow. Trying to keep content up there, but once we get going again on May 9th. You have 9th, been very, very good posting stuff you, up on there. Trying, to, trying to post things in there. Grinding, Patreon.com grinding slash the MMA Roadshow, and that will be the exclusive. Of home of and I like the feedback. I like all the comments that the people interact, and that's the, that's what we were hoping for. Was that community over there? Yeah, yeah. You you become part of that. You comment. We are going to see it, and uh, well, I think you, it's I been pretty awesome. Be commenting more, cold coffee, huh? So that means well, they always they're more. asking you stuff. No, sir. I think oh, they want to hear from you. No, as well. it's fine. I chime Drop in. It, I chime yay. in when I can. I chime in when I can. <laughs> when I when I can turn off the Xbox, I'll come chime in. <laughs> <laughs> In between that and the wanking, you've got a full schedule. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, listen. That's uh, my private time. <laughs> I will never do that for commerce. Can you tell how bad <laughs> we needed to talk to other people? It is so clear at this point. It's and been a while say, since I sanitized somebody else besides John. Thank you <laughs> for putting up with us. Thank you for listening. 